Talk Recorded live. I am unmuted. Me too. Okay. Cats on. Message from Kevin. <laughs> Which happens every time. Sit here for a while, voice holding for people to get on the call. You beat me on this time, though. You got to be called a mutant first. You are a mutant. I'm Steve Gonzalez. <laughs> you are a mutant. <laughs> no, I'm not, damn it. Shut up. Casting aspersions on the automated system. It loves you. <laughs> yeah, I'm a mutant. Okay, come on. Come on, you guys. What's taking so long here? Oh, you want them to call now? Not yeah, they're supposed week? to call, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've got both the the talk bars up, and Kevin's is okay, ready whenever you are. I said, go. Taylor said, got it. I said, go. He gives me a thumbs up. Okay, well, how long does it take? It's been a minute. It didn't take speed typing, remember? Just because you're used to it doesn't mean he is. Oh, he is. We had like you know dozens of phone calls and seven recordings. He's done more recordings than you have. Come on, dude. Let me know what's going on there. What are we doing down there today?
Found you guys. Hello. Hey, well, there's somebody. How we doing this evening? Good, you got on. So now where the hell is uh, Kevin and Kat? Kat was on and got her call dropped somehow. Uh, I've been on sooner, but I left out three digits on the phone number. But, you know, you're dealing with me. Uh, That's right, Kevin is on. He's been doing this every week for two months now. He should have been the first one on here. You'd think. Oh, yeah, he's been doing it for a while. So what do we do? Just stay here and wait for the rest of them to get their asses on the line here. He's finally sending them messages. I'm going to leave. Cat's back on again. There's Cat. Just wait for Kevin. I'm fine. You doing all right? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm great. I'm Taylor, by the way. Hi, Taylor. Have a good Christmas? Yeah, I did. How about you? Excellent, as always. That's good. That's a good thing to have. That makes me happy. That means you're going to have a good New Year ahead, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to see what this year brings. I was looking through the Edward Casey process. Prophecy, and uh, I guess this is your California is going to finally fall off in the ocean. Woo-hoo. I mean, oh God, no! <laughs> uh, uh, I just, uh, I always check out and you know some of them prophecies, see who's on, who's off, and I don't know whether to believe it or not. But Edward Casey's been pretty good through the years. Yeah, he's pretty good. He actually is. Yeah. 
It was interesting that he predicted that they were going to find remnants of Atlantis the same year they found that piece of the Bimini Road down in the Caribbean. Exactly, yeah. That's yep. why I always check him out. And uh, he, he also, you know, he was a Christian and all that, and this is a year that Jesus may come back too. So it's in the predictions, the return of Christ. How so, cool is I, that? That's real cool. Hello? Uh-huh. I'm unmuted. We have everyone. You are a mutant. Yes, you are a mutant. It tells all of us that what puts us on here. You are a mutant. So if you look. <laughs> all, all right, kids. Here's the ground rules. We got a lot of people on here. I don't have physical mute control here uh, because, well, like, realistically, I could. But it would take a whole bunch of, like, technical BS that I didn't bother learning yet. So we're just going to do it like the old-fashioned live radio way, which is to say that you need to have a quiet in the background wherever you're at because there's four of us on the line and we get exponential. If there's anybody putts around making noise in the background or something, it bleeds through, so don't do that. Second thing is um, uh, we're going to start out with somebody and they'll get to say their piece and then it'll probably be Cat responding to it. Um, if you want to break in with questions or whatever, just wait until whoever it is that's talking is done talking and break in with question or comment. Uh, let's try and not have anybody talking over anybody else. That's just impossible to deal with uh, uh, sound file-wise after the fact. I can't separate it out. I don't have multiple tracks to deal with. I can't like mute one talking person and let the other one keep going. Um, don't have that kind of control. So. We got to like really pretend that we're all professionals. We've done tons and tons of live radio, um, so I don't really have to pretend. But the rest of you guys have to pretend. <laughs> uh, and so basically, that's it. And it's just going to be um, Kevin. I think we should probably start out with. Sorry to put you on the back burner there a little bit, but he's probably got a few more questions than you do, and he's been waiting a lot longer to answer them. And then we'll put Taylor on. Or, you know, if you have a question that relates to something that he's talking about, Taylor, jump in. Mm-hmm. With okay. Okay. So, is there, everybody got that? Does it make sense? Yep. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. All righty. Well, let's, let's get started here. We'll have the moment of quietness so that I can find it on the file, and I'll do a little intro here, and we'll get it going. Three, two, one. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another episode of World Bigfoot Radio. This episode, we're having another Duke's Roundtable, and we have quite the gathering of mighty Bigfoot Knights around the table today. This is the Interactors Roundtable. Everybody that's on the roundtable, except for me, has had actual close interaction with Bigfoot. So I'm going to do a lot more shutting up and letting all of the guests talk a lot more on this one because I've got a whole lot to add to that. So with that, let me introduce our guests. In uh, All of them have been on the show multiple times, as you guys are probably guessing at this point. And uh, first of all, and most recently on the show, welcome back, Kevin. Hey, thanks for having me again, Duke. Glad, glad to get you guys all together here. And, of course, next we have somebody who is uh, still occasionally having interactions with uh, with Scooter, and that's Taylor. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Right glad on, to have you back. Yeah, glad to have you back and glad to be able to do this. And the person that's really making it all possible 
is the one I'm going to introduce right now because without her, we wouldn't even have a show here. This is a Q&A session for her from you guys, basically. So welcome to the show, Kat Hansen. Thank you. Hi, Kat. Hi. <laughs> All righty. So who, uh, we're going to start it off, I guess, with uh, Kevin then. Kevin, I know this, you know, your whole interaction with Glag happened a long time ago, like three and a half decades ago, and um, you've had a lot of time to digest it, but you haven't had a whole lot of really good answers, and uh, up until recently, um, you started getting some of it figured out, it sounds like, and you've probably still got other questions that Kat may be able to answer, so go ahead, man, I'm going to give you the floor now, and go ahead and start asking questions. All right. Hi, Kat, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, now that I'm here, I can't think of anything. Isn't that the way it usually goes, though? <laughs> That's well, okay. question list. Yeah. Well, I just, have you heard what I have said on the radio? Yes, I've heard some of it. Yes. All right. I was just wondering, and just about all of it, is it the interaction that I was able to have with Glag? Was that, you know, basically all was that because he was so young when whatever happened to his family happened and I was able to have that type of interaction with him? I honestly because think so. so. Yeah, I do. I think it is. Um, I told you before that. Um, I've recently had interaction with three young males that were displaced from their families. And usually I don't interact with males by themselves, but um, these guys were so young, you know, they were juveniles and one teeny bopper. So I believe that what happened with you and Glad was that it was because he was so young and he needed, they're just like humans, you know, they need emotional support. And I think that's what he saw in you, you know, was a kindred spirit. Yes. And that's the one thing that uh, got me more than anything was how much emotionally they're like humans with, you know, the, the touch and, you know, the, just everything about them is, that's why I, that more than once on the radio that they're not an animal. No, they're, no, they're, they're not an animal. Right. And he did. And see, when you, you just said, the, I think you said the most important thing out of all of it is um, you said there's touch as well. And they are very human-like in that they like to touch and emphasize and understand, you know, with their hands. And a lot of people don't realize that about them because they're so big. They think that their hands must, you know, have, I don't know, be less sensitive. But they actually um, have more nerves, I've noticed, in their hands. They're so gentle for being so big. Yes. Um, yeah. And like I said before, the you know, he also would pick me up by my head and turn me around and send me off the other way as a kid. But he didn't do it in such a harsh way that it would hurt me. You know, and one of my best memories is, of him is me sitting under um, my willow tree that I had in my on the side yard, 
and he here come this big old dirty hand with one of the little wild baby bunnies in it, you know, to hand off to me. And usually when my cats brought those baby bunnies home, they died. You know, they were shocked. Yeah. And for for this one to live and survive and thrive really has always made a big point with me because they are very gentle. For as large as they are, their hands, they can be very, very gentle. On the other hand, I've also watched those hands squeeze the life out of a deer, you know, <laughs> and rip the head off of a bull. Exactly. So, yeah, so it just, it just depends. But most people don't get that with them. They think that because they're so big that they are animal-like, and they're not. They're more human-like than they are animal-like. And whenever Glag and I had played together, he would realize that he was a lot stronger and a lot bigger than I was. And I, I said before, he hurt me a lot, but not intentionally. That's when we were getting too rowdy. But overall, he recognized that, and his touch was always very gentle. Right. Yeah, when it came to me. Yeah. And, see, and, and to be honest with you, I've never experienced them wanting to harm me per se, you know, um, other than one lone male that they have. And he doesn't really want to harm me. He just wants me to stay away from them. But I never experienced them being hurtful like that um, to me at all. Uh, they're very gentle. And I've, I've told the story many times of me fighting them, you know, fighting with Kielsa over uh, my coyote that I had that I was raising up and they hate coyotes, at least mine do, and he killed it. And I I wish my children said they wish they could had a video camera of me out in the side yard because I was literally kicking the crap out of him. I was so mad. I was pounding on him and slugging him and, and just it was just a royal battle and he just laid down and took it. You know, he's like, No, you're done now, go away. You know, it did he didn't hurt me at all during that point. When, whenever I was hurt, the mm-hmm. main thing that I got, I gathered from it on his mind was because I was hurt. It's all he could focus on. Right. Yeah, he was more concerned about me being hurt than anything, and and that just that always got to me. I mean, Right, and see, most people don't associate that with them, you know. And I'd like to point out something to um, a lot of people out there, too. Um, if you go back and study any of the old, um, you know, from like the 1970s, 19, late 60s, um, through the 70s, into the 80s, where people would have contact, you know, they would come across one in the woods or something, and um, they would talk about how big and scary and terrifying this creature was, but at the same time, um, there's, you know, they were always reporting, well, I got scratched by him, you know, or um, I got pushed by him. You you don't hear the stories about them, you know, this, this huge creature bending down and ripping their leg off. You know, you don't hear that. Yeah. You know? And when you do, you have to sit there and kind of scratch your head and go, well, hmm, that's interesting because I've never noticed that, you know. So I don't believe those per se when I hear them, the horror, horror stories. Um, but I do, I do believe I that often, there are. I had a, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I often wondered about the stories that I have heard about that, because I, I, I never saw that either. 
but I know there's different types out there. But Right. There are different types, but the type that we're talking about are more, um, you'll notice, okay, I really want people to understand that when you say there are the human-like ones, and I don't, I don't know how to classify them. Duke does. He does all of that. I'm not a researcher. I'm just me. I, you know, I'm an interactor with them, you know, exactly. and I just happen to have a gift. So I don't really go out and research them per se, you know, but I do know that the ones that actively seek humans out are actually willing to have interaction with us. So therefore, I have noticed that when they seek us out, they're not going to be the ones that hurt us. You know, they're not looking to hurt us like that, you know, to, to do, you know, get off the horror stories there. You know, like I said, you like being ripped off or whatnot. But The ones that sneak up on you are the ones that are going to hurt you, and you're not going to be telling anybody about it. Exactly. Yeah. Or you come across those ones, like I was talking about down in uh, Louisiana and Mississippi, where, you know, where we were talking about things that are not a Bigfoot you know, that want to interact with you. How can you tell? You know, um, it's very obvious because things that want to hurt you, that's not these guys. These guys will either A, want to interact with you, or B, they go out of their way to stay away from you. You know, I mean, I can name a bunch of YouTube channels on YouTube that have people that are out there hunting them, you know, and they're not getting any videos of them. Why is that? Because they don't want interaction with those people. You know, they're running away. So I, I do. That, I think that they know that the people that are out there doing that sort of thing are looking for trouble or looking yes. to hurt them. Yes, I believe so too. Very much so. Because when you approach them with an open heart, um, I know a lot of people out there that have had interactions always tell me the same thing. They're like, oh, my heck, cat, their eyes. Their eyes are what, you know, they're so gentle, you know, and you realize. When you get to looking at them, that person, you can read their expressions, you know, their emotions in their eyes. Yes. May I interject for a second? Go, go ahead, uh, Taylor. You know, like when I go up to Scooter and uh, uh, what took me so long to get to where I could be as close to him as it is is because, you know, the trust thing. and. If I start going toward him and my phone's in my back pocket, he can sense that, and he'll point, like, at my waist, and I'll go set it on the deck. Um, and I'm he, I'm not there to do nothing, take no pictures of it. I don't want that. And uh, I'm just really scared of him still, but uh, I, I uh, yeah, they, I mean, I believe that open heart stuff, and you're not trying, like you said, them people out with the cameras all over them. You know, they may get glimpses and shadows, but they'd leave that stuff at home sometimes and just go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best way to approach them. Mine, I tell people all the time, you know, for the longest time, people would get mad at me. They said, why don't you take a picture of that when you're doing this with them? Or why don't you take a video camera? Because they don't like those, you know, and it's, it's real simple. I just equate it to... Um, early Native American and other indigenous tribes, you know, that did not want their pictures taken. You know, they felt like it was a part of them that was being taken away from them. So I always just tell people, if you're going to do this, 
you know, you need to ask permission because seriously, how would you feel if somebody just came up to you and snapped your picture and walked off somebody completely who you never even saw? You know, you'd be wondering, <laughs> what the heck? Oh, you yeah, know? Or somebody comes into your living room and starts messing around with it and putting a camera up. Yeah. It's, and the one thing with me, I know my, my, my situation was totally unique and I'm blessed because of it, but I wanted people to leave him alone and not know about him. I never even thought about taking a camera with me. Plus cameras were so crappy back then. Duke did put up a picture of me on my old motorcycle and I was blurry. <laughs> That's how bad the cameras were back then. Even good cameras made pictures look blurry. Can you imagine what they do with Bigfoot? He'd be so blurry you wouldn't even know where he was. Exactly. Yep. But seriously, Val, this brings you uh, another important question here that I've actually got for you, Kat. So Scooter knows that he's got an electronic device in his pocket. Do Bigfoot sense electronic? Yeah, they do. Um, and there again, I have my own theories on how they do that, you know, with their own energy field. And yes, every single thing on this earth has an energy field. It's something that we mm-hmm. put off, you know. But also, more importantly, what I have noticed myself is my electronic camera, you know, my one that you put the chip in, when you turn it on, it makes this very high-pitched hum, and it's warming up. You know, they hear that. You know, and I've told people, um, like we were talking about before, they can smell you five miles out. They know the moment you hit their area. They know. They know when you're there. Um, their hearing is unbelievable. Um, the fact that they can smell you added to the fact, um, I don't know if you if you guys noticed, but on your big guys, um, do either of them have the tusks, the, the big canines on the bottom? No, Greg didn't. Okay. Well, mine do, and I've noticed that they can keep it dry for as long as they, as hard as they try. It doesn't work. You know, there's always something wet there in the corner of their mouth. And I've caught them over my lifetime um, touching their tongue to the corners of yeah. their mouth of where that tusk is, you know. Huh. And that's, to me, I've always just associated it as um, almost like a bloodhound, you know. They can taste the air. They taste what's out there. And um, I told... Kind of like a snake does, too. Yeah. Maybe not exactly the same, but yeah. Yeah. I told one of um, my clients a while back, it's been about a year ago, he was asking, me, well, how do they smell? What do they do? And I said, they actually, you can hear them. When they are trying to smell something, they take in those great big lungfuls of air. Mm. You know, and it comes, it comes in through their nose, you know, and they are smelling. And I don't know if either of you have ever seen that, but they do. They put their head up and they will look around and they smell and they do know. And they are just like a bloodhound. They know what's in the woods, who's in the woods, where it's at. They know. You know, so hindsight's have- always twenty twenty. And looking back at that, the worst night that I ever had in my life, the whole time that we got way, way back in there where Gleg was staying by himself, he was doing that the entire time, and I didn't think anything of it. I was 
spending time with my buddy. But before that fight happened that night, that's what he was doing the entire time. Yeah. You know, I thought maybe uh, I do that and lick the side of my, uh, like my lips would get chapped or something. And you know how you do that. And or I don't know what you, why I do it. But I I see him do that and I never thought anything of it like that. I never even, not for a second, thought that's what he's doing. But yeah, he does that quite a bit though. Now that you mentioned it, I thought maybe he had something wrong with the corners of his mouth. He does it so much sometimes, once in a while. Not all yeah. the time, but he does do that a lot. Yeah, he's testing the air. He's testing to see what's around him, you know. And when you watch the babies, wow. they when they learn to do it, they're the same way. You know, they'll, they're they're funny, though, because they lick it all over their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like a baby, you know, drools. And so it's like, and then they're, you know, they're constantly wiping it, and then they'll come back and they'll wipe it across their arm, and then they'll smell their arm. You know, because it has scent on it, you know, and that's what I've just figured out of my own volition, you know, over the years. Hmm. If if Gleg ever did that, I just don't remember. And it wasn't important enough to me to file that away in my memory, but I don't remember. Another thing that gets me is how... You know, people don't understand that you can say so much between each other, meaning the Bigfoot and yourself, without ever saying a word. Just the look. Mm -hmm. There's so much that, and how much expression is in in their face, you don't have to say words. No, not at all. You know, a lot of people um, see that picture that I put up of Braddus, you know, my baby, when he was little, and you see his eyes, and you can just tell from the look on his face, just from those eyes, he's busted. He's doing something he's not supposed to be doing, and you can just see it in his face. He's like, oh, no, you know, how am I going to get out of this? And he's holding the knitting needle behind his back and plotting on jabbing somebody in the butt (laughs) with it. Oh, Kevin, something I wanted to say there on that. You know, you met Glag when he was really little. Maybe that's something they got to show, like the parents would teach him or something like that. Maybe that's what, I mean, you know, he probably learned his stuff as he went, we hope. And maybe he didn't have enough time with his parents to learn the fundamentals, I guess you would say, of being a Sasquatch. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. And that's why I spent as much time up there with him as I could as I didn't think he knew a whole lot on how to survive by himself. Hopefully, I was able to teach him that as we went. And, you know, with him being able to get bigger animals as we went along, and then I didn't have to provide as much of that, you know, after the first two years. He was bringing stuff in, had it ready waiting for me when I'd get up there. Right. So, Hopefully I, you know, had taught him enough or helped him enough that he could develop it himself. Yeah. But there's so much that people ask that I think that he missed a lot of what a young Sasquatch would get from his mother and father that he was never able to get. I, I just, is that some, if there's stuff that I never saw, is there 
abilities that he had or that he didn't have yet? There's all sorts of those types of questions that I have. And first off, how old do you think he was when I first met him? He is about the same size as me when I met him. Maybe a little heavier, but right around 6'2 or so. Um, I'm going to say he's probably, at that age, he's probably around 8 or 9. Yes. (laughs) I was thinking he was closer to me. That makes more sense. Duke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. I said that was my guess, so sorry about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what that's I told the first was, time we talked about The way that we did back then was because he was a lot younger than I thought he was. But I think so. I, I do. That speaks so much about their abilities there because of how how much he grew in five years was just incredible. Yeah. Now, is that because I was helping provide for him in those first couple of years more than he was getting on his own? Or is that just how fast they grow? And how was he done growing at the end of that five years? Or do you think he no. still got bigger? <laughs> no. Well, no. no I mean, they, think about it chronologically, answer your own question. They grow like sort of about the same speed as humans, right, yeah. Kat? So he was He was getting close, but he wasn't finished. He'll fill so, out more, you know, fill out widthwise. Right. Well, so did me, too. I mean, I didn't get any taller after I was 16, but I got a hell of a lot heavier over the next five or six years. Right, and that's so, exactly what they do. Yeah, they're yeah. muscles. Yeah, you know, like I, I was saying, you know, if he was around eight years old when you first ran into him, uh, Kev, then five years later, he's a 13-year-old. He's, like, you know, early teenager. No. He's going to get a lot bigger. So when he's 10 feet tall, he's, yeah, he's the same age as my middle he's still, daughter. Yeah, he's still going to get taller, and he's going to fill out a lot more. And that also should explain the the interaction he was having with that female squatch that he showed up with the last time. You know, he's a 13-year-old. It was just a friend. He had a friend. Yeah. And that that's what I wanted to ask, Kat. Was that a mate, or was it just a friend that he had found? You know, they don't mate that young. Um I've had 14 of them in the troop, um, and they don't mate that young. I've never had them mate when they're that young. Um, they typically, from my own experience with them, um, they start the, the mating routines right around the 25 to 30-year-old, maybe 40-year-old mark, mm-hmm. because they do live a lot longer than us humans do. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was I just, just a friend that he had found with me being think, gone so much right, that last and, year. Yeah, and I want to stress that because a lot of people hear me talk about them, you know, and the females don't go unescorted, but that's only when they're in a, in a troop. If they're out on their own, if a female is by herself, um, she will pair up with a male, and it will not be sexual. It will just be for companionship because they're, again, they are just like us. They don't like being alone. Oh, God, I hope the poor thing wasn't orphaned and stuck in the same position Glag was. That would be really horrible. But yeah, that would. But she paired up with the toughest son of a gun in the valley. 
Well, that's true. At least he, she found somebody who could take care of her. <laughs> I just yeah. hope that it was that he got integrated into a uh, another troop up there. What do you think of the chances that that's actually what happened there, Kat? You know, that does happen a lot. Mine are not all from, you know, one one couple, one pair. Um, right. They do band together. You know, like I said, I have some that are hairless. I have a couple that are hairless. I have um, like Nali and, and uh, Lemmy that come from, as far as I can figure out from their track patterns, come from down south. Um, Otis and Apoc come from up towards Canada, Montana ways. You know, um, they come together. So would they be willing to assimilate him? They sure would because Scunny is still in, in my group. And he has never had a mate, and he is a single male, and they have assimilated him somewhat, you know. So, yes, I do do believe that totally, that he, they could assimilate them into their into a group. Hmm. So I guess the other piece of good news here is that because, you know, after they reach, reach their full size and whatnot, they tend to live longer than we do anyway. Uh, Glegg's likely in his prime and still out there. That, I agree. I I hope so. That's I've been asked over and over and over again if I have thought about going out and trying to get back in touch with him, and I would love to. I would love, you know, just seeing him from a distance and knowing that he's okay. That would mean so much to me. Yeah, I don't expect I to have the same type of interactions we had when he was younger and I was younger. I don't think that it happened. Can I ask you, would you, can I ask you a question? Would you just be um, accepting of being able to see him and to see that he's alive and that he's okay? Yeah, that, that's all I want. Okay. And that's, I agree. That's when they get to that point where they don't want to interact anymore, because I do have some, you know, that have gone off and have left over the years. Um, they get to that point, you know, and every now and then, I want to say about every 10 years or so, one of them will pop back up, you know, and they don't uh, want to hang around with me. They don't want me coming near them, but they will make sure that they make eye contact with me so that I do see them, and then they leave. And then I'm like, okay, you're still around. You're okay. You know, so that's very important to me that, you are, That's um, all I want is just to know that he's still okay. Yeah. And That's I understand. Fine, I, I I couldn't have the same type of interaction that we had when I was younger. I'm not younger anymore. I, I wouldn't be able to do all the physical stuff that we did, the running around, especially up there high up in the mountains. No way, not anymore. But I just want to know he's okay. That's where you're going to take me. Throw me at him. Let him ragdoll me around and say, ah, that's what we used to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny yeah. to use the expression, ragdoll you around, because I use that with them. They do that with me. <laughs> that, that's something that I wanted to ask is, have you ever been able to take a ride on one of their backs when they run? Yes. Yes, I have. I've also been carried like a baby, for goodness sakes. It was ridiculous, but yeah. 
That's what got me is when he'd pick me up like a baby and walk and take off. It's that's what I kept getting at about how gentle they were. And here's right. this, this yeah. big guy that he's now he's three times my size and he picks me up just like you would a baby. Yeah, and I've had him do that and climb with me to the top of a cedar tree. Oh yeah, my God. it's I like don't you ever know want what? To go up another tree again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I've told people the story of them whizzing through the tree with me trying to run, outrun them down below, you know, and that was my own fault. That was me being a bratty 10-year-old and egging them, you know, and they just, they kicked my butt. I mean, literally, they just, something so huge just whizzing through the treetops like that, you know, and then landing down in front of me with them circling around me. That taught me real quick, you're not ever going to outrun them, <laughs> so don't even try. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said I never had a foot race with Glag because I knew I'd lose. Yeah. There's, there's no there's, way I could. I, I never was able to do any anything physical. There's no way I could have ever beat him at anything. <laughs> as much as we played together, that's why it was just a bunch of exploring and and the funnest thing in the world for me was hopping on his back and letting him run. That would be awesome. I got a question for you, Kat, real quick. Um, when they pick you up like that and hold you like a child, and uh, Duke knows the story of uh, Scooter's mom. They called her Dolly, okay? And she picked up Sally's uh, husband. He was over by the garden doing something, and she just picked him up like a baby and was just looking into his eyes with a lot of love and he messed all over himself. What does that mean when they do something like that to a person? I've heard of that a couple of times. After I told, me and Duke talked about it, I never heard anything like that. And I was like, ah, you know, on the fence about it. And then I heard uh, 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 Caveman, was it Caveman, his cousin would get picked up and yep. drug off the mattress? Duke? Yep. So what, does are they trying to show you a form of endearment? I mean, because that's what it sounded like Dolly was doing. But well, I mean, I'm going to put it to you like this, okay? Think okay. about it. Um, if you've ever watched any of uh, Jane Goodall's, you know, videos, um, you'll notice that the chimps do it as well. Human mothers do it with their babies. Um, you know, you gaze. And gazing into eyes like that projects a sense of familiarity. It projects love. It it projects um, safety because, you know, think about us as humans. We're very expressive with our faces, okay? And our eyes, like I just said, our eyes tell a lot about us. Um, Mine change color when I'm mad. They turn green. you know, when I'm happy, they stay the nice, dark, almost blacky brown. Um, but as I notice with them, that's the, one of the first things they do when they have the baby. They are sitting there constantly uh, looking in its eyes, making the eyebrow gestures, you know, moving their eyes from side to side. Letting I think it's a form of teaching that child. Um, look at my face. Look at my eyes. If you can look at me, you're going to know what's going on. I think they do it with us as well because they're, again, they're very human-like. And they're trying to let us know that there's love, there's trust, 
you know, um, because if you're being held like a baby or you're being picked up and something is that close to your eyes, looking you in the eye, you know, um, automatically humans, our eyes dilate, you know, our pupils dilate when we're nervous, exactly. they contract. You know, they can sense that. They can see that, you know. And then there's the added woo part of all of that that I've told people about. And it's the fact that they do two things when they do that. When they look into your eyes that deep, um, it's a strange thing that they can do. They have the ability to... I want to call it thought projection, but it's not really. I don't know what it is. Uh huh. Snap picture in your head. I know exactly yes. what you're talking about. Yes. I told Duke about that, and that's spooky. And I, and that's what he will break his gaze because he scooter don't want me staring him, staring at him in the face. I don't know. It makes him feel uncomfortable sometimes. But sometimes he will look into my face and just like. I, it's like he's almost crawling inside. I don't know how to explain it. It's like they're crawling in your head. I'm, yes. I, I don't yes. know. I mean, because um, I don't know nothing about them. I don't even know what they are. And just, I mean, this is a dream come true, getting to hit, listen to you talk and Kevin ask questions. This is like the best show I've ever listened to. But anyway, uh, um, that's, yeah, they snap pictures in your head. Or and I hate saying that aloud because people have a hard enough time Believing they're even there, and then when you say something like that, which I don't say that to a lot of people, I told Duke, and now it's just said it over the air. But um, there's more these things. There's more of these things than I'll ever know. But anyway, there's right. something else too that they're able that um, they can put that picture in your head, but at the same time too, um, I've gotten the message from them that they take out something from us as well. So when they're making that connection and staring at us, they may be able to put something in there, but they're also able to see something that's inside of us. It, you know, it, so, that's so my, what we've just been talking about. Sorry to interrupt, but it makes ahead. something stand out more in my mind on that night that Glag took me up the tree and he started back down. And then when he came back up, and looked right into my eyes and asked me if I had my gun. Is that yeah. what you were saying about how your eyes change color when you're mad? Yeah. I I think, oh, mercy, that it makes that whole, you know, few seconds right there mean so much more when he came back up and looked in my eyes. You know, I was terrified you know, confused and everything. And that, is that why I came back up and made sure that I had my gun with me? I would believe so. I do. And that's why I looked right in my eyes and held that gaze for just uh, long enough to realize that I'm terrified. You know, it just makes, makes that whole situation right there mean so much more. And how much more they are than what people ever give them credit for. I know. Right. Yeah. You see, think about that. If they're if they're giving us a thought picture, what do our thoughts say to them? I've always wondered. You know, and mine, mine are very 
very human-like. You know, they pick up a lot of stuff from myself growing up and from my own kids. You know, my kids are all adults now, but as children, you know, they would always put the finger beside the head and roll it and go, oh, mom's nuts, though, you know, when I was out there. Because, and so they started doing that, you know, and they would give the uh-oh look, you know, and they know. They pick up stuff very quickly, and they figure out that if – they're giving us a thought, then they're taking something from our chaotic brains as well. And when I say chaotic, I mean chaotic, because when you're out there with them, you are scared. You know, most people don't, you know, they they hear us talk about them, but they don't realize that what we are talking about. So I always tell people, take a tape measure out and go measure 10 feet. Measure 10 feet up the side of a wall, okay? And then, you know, take that and then put four feet across for no shoulders, you know, these things are huge. You know, take a basketball and try to hold it with one hand, you know, and have your fingers come all the way down on either side of the basketball. You know, they don't get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm out here in my workshop right now. In <laughs> There's another thing they can do that we can't. Put a basketball in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you something. They wouldn't be able to fit inside my, my garage. No. no. He would have to no. get down on his knees to get inside my garage. Yeah. If he could get through that, the door. That tells you how big, how big he is. Yeah, to get yep. through the door, he would have to get onto his hands and knees. And turn sideways. Uh, yeah. My yeah. two-car two garage, so he could come straight oh. through, but barely. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, that's one thing when people ask me about him. I'm like, you know, you've seen seven-foot-tall, eight-foot-tall guys. I said... The height is not what really blows you away. It is the girth, the mass. Just, I'm telling you, they are enormous. There's no way, uh, there's, it's like standing next to an elephant. And people got their weights all screwed up. Because I'm going to tell you what, Scooter is heavy. If there's a way that I could get him on a tow truck scale or something, I'd do it. But uh, he's, you know, he's skittish and so am I. But, uh. We're still trying uh, to figure out a way to rig up some kind of a livestock scale out there and get Scooter to step on it, but we haven't figured that one out yet. I'm telling you, I know he, he's, he's got to weigh over 1,500 pounds. I has to. I was telling Duke that, and, and he's grown since I've seen him, you know, and just, he's, man, massive. And you got a pretty the, good guess on how old Scooter is now, too. He's like, what, around 1920? Yeah. I'm going to say he's... 19 years old um, because me and Sally sit around and she thinks she remembers um, hearing the night that Dolly gave birth to him because it got really wild, really wild out there for a little bit and then heard some screams or something and then it got really quiet and then like two or three weeks later, Dolly loved these people, and I think that's the only reason that I've been given the opportunity to just get as close as I have to him is because his mother and Sally formed some type of bond, you know, and, uh, you know, and she well, said, Scooter's here comes Dolly out of the yeah. Scooter's got a bond with you, you now, too. I know. And, you know, the only time his eyes really, their eyes move really rapid. And it's kind of scary. 
and and they, it's like a bird or something is the only way I know how to put it. But when their eyes, when they do gaze at you, it seems like that's the only time they really settle down. You know what I mean? And when yeah. they're st- staring right into your heart or whatever, it's like the only time that their eyes will, because I I just contributed to them being out there in the woods and being on high alert all the time. You know what I mean? Yes, I and, do. Uh, and that's that seems to be the only time when they, it seems like they're at peace for a moment, which I think is awful. Thank you. There's something there that most people don't even think about, and that is the fact that when you're interacting with them or catching a glimpse of them, you know, they're always moving. You know, the only time they ever stop moving is when they lay down and put their heads against the ground and sleep, you know, and rest that way. Or um, the closest thing I've ever gotten them to do with stationary is uh, even when they sit, they're moving. You know, they're shifting. There's mm-hmm. something on them that's constantly moving, you know, and that is because, like you said, they're on high alert. And people always say, well, what do they got to be afraid of? Oh, actually, they've got quite a bit to be afraid of. It's Humans. all humanity, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's so sad. That's one that brings up something that you just said, Kat. That now that I'm older, it bothers me. But I never saw Glag sleep. Is that because when I was around, he was? I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's I think he is always either. You know, I slept while I was around him, but. I don't think he ever slept. I don't think I, trying to think back, I don't think I ever saw him sleep. And is that just his concern for me while I'm there? I have a feeling it was. I think he was, Mm -hmm. um, he wanted you there, so his attention is focused on you. So, and when they focus on something, and you guys know what I'm talking about here, when they focus on something, it's intense. It's not just a, a passing, oh, that's interesting sort of thing. No, it doesn't work like that with them. They give it their all. I mean, it's 110%. You know, they're they're studying it. They're looking at it. They're trying to figure oh, it out. Exactly. You know? Like so. when you hand them something and they get it in their hands, first thing they do, sniff, taste, and they will roll it between their hands and they'll touch it with their feet even. I mean, the way they handle things, you're like, well, this is just, you know, uh, he he had my pocket knife one time. And I mean, the way he worked it over, and it had a couple blades on it, and he figured out within seconds how to open them other blades and stuff like that. I'm, I mean, imagine handing me, I don't know, a computer. <laughs> and me yeah. just being able, after five minutes of looking at it, being able to operate it. You know, and that's right. how he was. I mean, yeah. but they take it right to that nose, and then they'll lick it. And, um, and just, I mean, just have it in their hand, working it over with their hands. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Uh, well, I have. An old man one time, he kind of, when he grabs hold of something, and he was a genius, and that guy could figure out anything. He'll just run it around in his hands. And But Scooter had that thing, and sniffed it, licked it. Anything I hand him, sniff, lick, roll, 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 roll around his hands. Just, I mean, and then he'll have it figured out. And people's wanting to know how they know how to turn off uh, game cams and stuff like that. They're smarter. They are. I don't know. <laughs> well, on the game cams, they've seen people come up there and mess with them so much that 
just yep. by observing and people not knowing that they're being watched by them. And, monkey see, yeah, monkey and, do, huh? And they're, <laughs> well, and they are so smart. Like you were just saying, he figured out your pocket knife right away. Yeah. So people don't give them credit. They're, no, they I think they're a lot them. more intelligent than we are. We evolved yeah. to be stupid. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's the truth. You know, it I tell, well. I here tell comes the Duke. story of, of them with the hey, ham never sandwich. forget what, let me interject here for a second. Good times. <laughs> Frank Zappa, you know, the things that made America great are cuteness and stupidity, and without them, we'd be nothing. You'd say, yeah, I love that line. Quote. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's sad to say, but it's true. And I just people don't give them credit for the intelligence level, but you have to remember. Think about that. They're out there, so they have to learn to survive in a whole different environment than we have to. You know, so they have to be able to pick stuff up really fast. You know, new stuff comes. I mean, look at how technologically advanced we are. Okay, so. Say this year we take out the one Coleman lantern when we go camping, and next year we take out the new improved model. You know, exactly. you know it's going to take us some time to look at that and figure out how to work the new one. They don't have that luxury. They see it. They're like, "What is that? I need to know how that works, and I need to know how it works now." You know, yeah. and they figure it out real quick. I, like I was saying, I always tell the story of the cooler with the ham sandwiches in it. Okay. I make peanut butter and jelly, and I make ham sandwiches when I go to see them. Um, not necessarily for them, per se, but they usually end up with them because my kids will pick what they want, and then they don't eat the others. And these guys would go into the cooler while we are out doing, you know, looking in the woods and picking leaves and stuff. Um, we would come back, and every doggone time, they figured out, A, how to get the latch off the cooler, B, how to unzip the Ziploc baggie, take the ham out of the sandwich, put the pieces of bread back, zip the zipper up, and close the cooler up. It never failed. And you're sitting here looking at these big guys going, well, how in the world do you do that? You know, to realize that the dexterity in their hands mm-hmm. and, you know, to be able to do the things that they do is amazing because what I just said, you've got a hand that can reach over a basketball you know, fingers touching it all the way around, you know, and yet they have the dexterity to put a Ziploc baggie back. Yes. Um, to enter, um, and to, like, when they bend them trees without breaking them, I mean, big four-inch round trees, they'll take and bend those things, and they've got so much sensitivity, to go back on what you said earlier, their hands are so sensitive, you know, they – to be able to bend that like that without breaking it because you, they got to be able to feel when it starts popping and doing whatever it is and, you know, slack up a little bit. It's amazing some of the things they can do. I mean, it's just, and that's just a tree structure. You know what I'm saying? People don't even know half of what they can do. Yes. Well, before I ever met Glegg, when I was building the first tree stand in that meadow where I met him at, I told you I, I said on the air that I left my backpack up there and I had some beef jerky and, well, deer jerky and some granola and stuff in there. Yeah. And something unzipped my backpack, got in there and got all the food out of it. And that that 
confused me. It's like, man, if it would have been any other, you know, a bobcat or a, a raccoon or anything like that, it would have torn my backpack apart. Something got in there and unzipped my backpack and then zipped it back up. But just stole all the food out of it. That's like Albert Osterman. What he thought at first, he had that hung up, and he thought a raccoon or a porcupine or something had been getting into his backpack. But, you know, and then it come to him that something with hands was opening that thing. So, yes. Then he came in and caught him sleeping in a sleeping bag, mistook him for a burrito, and took off with him. <laughs> a burrito. Oh, my God. <laughs> the postman burrito. The legend of the Ostman burrito and how it turned out to have legs and arms and got up and ran away later. <laughs> they probably still talking about it. I always kind of wondered about that. It's like, what exactly were they intending there? I mean, he, he seemed to have the idea that the old man had sort of kidnapped him to be like a boy, uh, a friend or boyfriend for his uh, daughter that, that he had there. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've heard. What do you think about that, Kat? But the daughter was, I got the impression from the story that the daughter was young, younger. So my first thought was, hearing that story, wasn't that he was there for mating purposes. He was there as a toy. (laughs) Entertainment. An Osman toy. Yeah. Yep. We mistook him for a burrito, but it turned out to be a gaming console. (laughs) (laughs) He he was the toy in the bottom of the Happy Meal. Yeah. I got a question, Kat. Um, there's this one white one there. I'm terrified to death of it. And if I even get the sense that he's around, uh, I'll go home. And he hates me. He wants to kill me. I can tell you right now. If Scooter wasn't around, Scooter's probably got a foot on him. And, uh, that one I was telling Duke or Kev last night. Can't remember who I was telling it to. He does have uh, more. His eye teeth is what I'm going to use are more prominent than um, scooters. But I'm assuming where they're, everything's bigger on them that they're just you know bigger. But uh, listening to you talk about that, I think he's got those fangs or whatever. I don't know. The white one does. And he's uh-huh. hateful, 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 hateful. He'd, he'd rip my arms off in a second. Yeah. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it seem like Scooter would tell him, you know, this one's okay or something like that. But any time this guy gets around, it's uh, I'm shaking right now just talking about it because I wake up three or four times a week, bad dreams on account of him. He, like I told Duke, and I'm going to go do this too if I can get back there without being seen well without, you know, causing a ruckus. He's, he was so mad one time that he took a bite out of a tree. He just didn't know what to do with himself. He was just spun out and rat crap crazy. And he wanted me so bad, and scooters stand up, and they're, they're having an interaction, and, and every now and then a few words would go, and then growls and barks, and, you know, the animal part of them would come out, and... uh uh, that's the only way I know how to describe the way they was uh, they, they become seemed more animal to me at that moment in time because they was both really aggressive and going crazy, and right. scooter and, I, and I'm constantly backing up and you know and about to pass out and die. But uh, 
he got so mad and frustrated that he couldn't get to me without having a conflict with Scooter, a fight, um, that he bit this tree. And I mean, I was like, oh, my God, I got to go. I got to go. And I know you're not supposed to run, but that's the only time I turned, and I mean, booked it. I I could have beat Jesse Owens in a foot race. But, right. I mean, they, I don't know. what. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, I'm I'm curious. What happened to um, make him bite the tree? What was going on? Was Scooter fending him off from you? Yes, yes. Uh, they were probably 10 yards apart, and the white one was probably the closest he's ever got to me, 30 yards away. And uh, he just, uh, Scooter was saying something. I don't know what the, I don't understand them. But there was some chatter, as they call it, um, and then grunting, barking, and just uh, a show of bra- bravado, you know, between each right. other. Uh, I, I, I hate to say it, but it, I, I would compare it to what silverbacks do to a certain degree. This yep. was more intelligent. Be- I don't know how to explain it. Um, it's, uh, well, it, it, that's the only time I viewed them as animals, and I haven't since then... But that's the only time that I've seen them as, you know, and that scared me. And I stayed away for a little bit, which uh, I shouldn't have, but that's... Well, I think you're kind of smart there to do that. And I'm going to liken that to uh, my my relationship with Scunny, because Scunny is the single male I told you about, the lone male. Uh And he and I got into it back in 2008, I think it was, Um, bad, to the point where I actually went to go hunt him down. I had enough of him. Um, He and I, he would do some terrible things. He gutted my horse, um, killed my daughter's cat. He He was just on it. And that's all because he doesn't like humans. He doesn't want me there with him. Um, and there again, Gyasa and uh, the other males stand up for me. You know, they, they when he's there and even he hasn't looked my way since he's been back. But before that, he would go out of his way to stalk me and make it very oh, clear that he did not want me there. You know, and as a child, um, it scared me so bad, you know, with him at times that... Um, that was my first few times as a child being picked up and carried, literally carried up the canyon wall and, and dropped off at my doorstep so that he couldn't get a hold of me. Um, he's very intimidating in that, like you said, the silverback reaction is just like that with the other males and him. You know, um, if you are feeling that much energy off him, I'm not one of those people that's going to tell you to just stick it out and be friends with him. You know what? I've known Scunny for 50 years. I can't stand him. I stay away from him, and I do not try to make friends with him. I do the best of my ability to stay away from him, you know? And if I'm within, I want to say, a few yards of him, I make sure that I have some kind of weapon on me, you know? Um, I don't... When I'm interacting with the group, I don't carry the gun into the group. But I do I carry knives. 
I do carry knives, and I'll tell you what, you're going to let me, we're going to, you're going to know you've been in a fight. So that one, you, I would suggest you be careful, but at the same time, I try to tell people, the more you show them that you're afraid of them, they win, you know, and if yeah. he's trying yeah. to do that bad, he's winning. So um, Scooter does understand you. He understands you very well. I do know that. Um, because you've interacted with him and, and he listens, you know, he's grown up around people speaking English. So he does understand what's going on. And all you have to do for sign language is point at Mr. Whitey and tell him, you know, danger. This is danger me. Eat me. You know, tell him no. And oh, just, uh, we, I have had that conversation with him. And he, and you know how they get that uh They'll do. They'll do no back to you. The head shake, no, or scooter yeah. will me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have, and I'm like, I'm. I don't want to come around here because of him. I'm afraid of him. And we got another name for him. I'm not going to say it on the air, but uh, you guys can probably figure it out. Uh, yeah. Starts with a D and ends with a D. Um, but uh, and he's and he 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 was telling me. I don't know how to explain this, people. You guys know what I'm talking about. He was telling me without saying a word, that he is not going to let him hurt me, and please don't go away. And, you know, he's shaking his head back and forth. And uh, but I'm telling you, I don't want to be friends with that dude. Um, and I, I don't carry a gun up there to him because I just – I take a pocket knife, and it's not a big pocket knife, you know, but I would never even try to do anything with that. You know what I mean? I just go there to whittle and just sit and relax around him is what I do. Exactly. And if, and when he, really and if he goes to interact with me, I interact with him. You right. know what I mean? If, yeah, but if he's being that aggressive, the others know, too, um, that he's being aggressive like that, you know. And if Scooter's telling you not to be afraid, then that tells you because this is something that I really want to push home on these guys. These guys will do not have ego like no, humans have ego. No. So so not if he's telling you not to be afraid, he's telling you he can whoop his butt. So don't worry about it. But see there's an Auburn one too that's dumber than a box of rocks. And I think he would do anything he was told to do and I what would scares me is if the white one and that dumb Auburn one got together and they both jumped Scooter, that's there, I run so many stupid scenarios through my head. You know what? I, that's just what I do too much of. It's set around. It consumes the damn I, I think that if Scooter's there, you don't ever have anything to worry about from any of them. That's what I think as well, because then, like I just said, they don't have ego, and you know the other one may be dumber than a box of rocks. But I guarantee you, Scooter's yeah. got him. On, you know, Scooter can control him, the yep. dumb one. Yep. So I don't think you have to worry about him. I will say this, though. Um, he may, he's not above, your, the white guy is not above doing sneaky garbage, okay? And they no, do no. sneaky garbage, you know? So always watch your back when you leave. 
you know, um, wow. if you if you have to hike down a trail or whatever. I don't know how far you have to go to have interaction. But if you, you know, I'm that way with Scunny. And when I've been up there, you know, him and I, like I said, we have a long relationship, 50 years. He knows I'm not going to put up with him. Um, and sometimes I'm not above being a nasty person because I do carry, um, the knives that I carry are obsidian blades. They're very sharp. And uh, I've pulled them out and showed them, look, this is my new one. Don't you like him? And oh, by the way, this is my machete over here. Like this one too? Yeah, I brought this up to cut some brush with. You know, things like that. And I just look at him out of the corner of my eye and I give him the same look back and he figures out, I know he knows. I'm telling him, go ahead and try something, buddy. You know, because... That's the way I am. It's a good day to die. But I guarantee you, you're going to feel what I feel. <laughs> Man. You might get me, but you're going to know I was there. Says, he's out in the field and he disappears at some point. Just go look around where he disappeared and find the, the knife on the ground with the blood on it. You may not find <laughs> him, but you'll find the knife with the blood on it somewhere. And a yep. big pile of crap. That's it, exactly. <laughs> I've told my own children that. Look for the pile of crap with the with the headscarf on. You'll know it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I mean a big pile. Because <laughs> uh, I get scared, but I tell you. People don't understand. Even like where me and Scooter are in our relationship, which is nothing, but uh, I mean it is something to us, me and him. But uh, I... I still tremble once in a while when I first get that first glimpse of him, you know, and I, I, will I ever overcome that? I mean. I don't think so. I Every time that I'd head back up on my motorcycle, I'm like, why am I going up here again? Especially after I'd see Glag do something that scared the crap out of me, but yet yeah. I went back. I mean. He was yeah, my buddy. You, every time, yeah, every there was, time you showed up, though, he was bigger, which had to also be a little bit startling. <laughs> yeah. Is that the same one? <laughs> yeah, he, looks exactly. big, he seems to be bigger. There was, there was always something like he would do that was... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to keep try talking over everybody, but there's yeah, something right, he that was scary that, you know, to my little puny human mind, as, you know, watching him... After he brought the deer in and then he ripped it apart after I built the fire, it's like, well, I guess he doesn't need no, he doesn't need a knife. That was that was terrifying watching just the strength of this youngster. And then you know the the fight going on in my head. Why am I going back up here? You know, he could accidentally rip my arm off, or he could rip me in half. But yet I went back. Because I I was never afraid of him. I was always afraid of abilities, I guess, what I'm trying to say. I never got, you know, a, a bad feeling from Glag ever, ever. I'd been scared more times than I could count, but I never got that sense from him that he ever wanted to hurt me. It was always just, I was afraid because something that I had seen just didn't compute. Yeah, I, I I totally understand that. Uh, like, I, you just can't believe some of the things they do and how they. It's, I, and I ask myself all the time, still, is this real? What's going on here? 
you know? Um, it's hard for my <laughs> puny little mind to get wrapped around. You talk about yours, Kev. Mine's out. <laughs> yeah, but you're a little well, bit different situation there, Taylor. Two years ago, you didn't think there was such a thing as Bigfoot, or a little bit longer than that. Very true. Very true. I don't, I just, sometimes it's so overwhelming. I mean, um, you don't know I don't know how you've done it for 50 years, Kat. I really don't because I I get scared. Okay, here's a, a, for instance. I had my pocket knife out and I was whittling, and he come up, and I didn't even know he was right there, and he grabbed it out of my hand, and I told Duke this story. I overreacted. I, like, yelled, you know, and it set him off, and I mean that, oh, my God. That's I don't you know, and he 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 gained control of himself, but I'll tell you, I was scared to death and uh because my reaction yeah, he had the triggered a reaction out of him, you know. I don't think he would have hurt me, but I I don't know, you know, at that moment and um uh, you know and I they can go quick on you, I'll tell you. But I don't they think he would hurt me. Go ahead. I don't think he would hurt you, no, but I no. think at the same time you know, you shocked him. You know, you mm-hmm. you showed him something that he wasn't expecting. Because believe it or not, you guys have probably noticed this. Um, they have a very um, do unto you, but do not do back to me sort of thing. Yes, I know. Yes, yes. You know, yeah. so for him, for you to do that to him, you know, he was like, wait a minute, what? You know, I mean, it it jars you because then you realize, what did I just do? Oh, my heck, am I dead or what? You know, because they are like that, you know, in a way, not a violent way, but they do not want surprises pulled on them. You know, exactly. And, you and know, that's they what don't. It sounded to me when, uh, when Taylor told me initially about this, it just sounded like he had startled Scooter so bad that Scooter just mm-hmm. reacted and had a chance to think about it. Right, because he's never had anybody do that to him, you know. I agree. Um, well, you know, they, like, love, they love they love scaring the crap out of you. Yes, they you do. Scare the crap out of them. They don't like it. Yeah. They, no, they, they like they like being the guy in the scary mask. They don't like being the guy screaming like a skinny little bitch. No, no. <laughs> He's right. He's dead off. The they, they love it, man, and they'll laugh. And I got scooter cracking up one time. They peed. Just you know. Yeah. Uh, I, and I was like, my God, you, you know, and that kind of cracked me up. And he didn't even think nothing about it, you know. Like if one of us started laughing, I peed my pants. That'd make us laugh even harder, and you'd point at me and laugh. I mean, we've all laughed till we've almost peed all over ourselves. I used to get my mom doing it all the time. She'd say, tell them I ain't shut up. I'm going to pee my pants. So I'd just dive in deeper, you know. I've got the same type of sense of humor as them Sasquatch do anyway, so. Yeah. I'll tell you the worst the worst experience to ever do to them for shock effect is to take um the little air can air horn in a can. <laughs> oh god. And I did. And I put oh, it god. into put it into the uh bag that I took up there, my little track bag when I was in high school. And I was like, Really? Took up some silly string, showed them that. And because, you know, they are very curious, but they also figure out how to work stuff real quick, you know. And oh, they my were, God. Yep, that was the funniest thing. I'm still, to this day, I laugh my butt off over it. But at the same time, the can went flying. You've got, you know, four males standing there growling, hair standing on full end. 
The look of puzzlement on her face and just pissed off at the same time. Well, the thing yeah. that kicked me off was he walked over and stomped on it. He was like, I'll pay you know, they're all doing the cat thing where their hair is standing straight out, puffed up, and freaked out with yep. their eyes big. That's they scary do. looking, too. That is, it is. Because when the white one and Scooter were doing I mean, they puffed up like a cat. And, I mean, from the ankle to the top of the head. Exactly. When Gleg came across the clearing the night that he went up the tree with me, he was bigger. The biggest that I'd ever seen him was when he turned around and dropped all fours and came at me. And that, you know, that half a second that it took him to cover that distance to get to me, that was the most terrifying half second of my life. But then I realized it wasn't for me when he grabbed me and we went up the tree, up the tree we went. He did it to keep me safe. The funny part about that is I have seen a baby that is a month old do that. You know, um, cock its head and listening. And at the same time, as soon as it did that, it didn't like what it was hearing. And it did the same thing with the hair bunching out from itself. It's a it's a defensive mechanism on them. You know, it sure. keeps, makes, them, makes them look bigger. Um, mm-hmm. It keeps God, as if they need the others from scratching them, you know, biting them. Because your hair is poofier, you know. So, yes. that's and what it I is know. hair. Yes, it's hair. It's not fur, and I get so angry no. with people when they say it's fur. It's not fur. No, it's not. I've, it's hair. I've said fur before, and I'm like, why did I even say fur? And uh, I think it's because I try to associate it with, like, an animal or something, which they're not, except when they're mad, it seems like. Well, fur hair, out. whatever, it's got a follicle. It's not moss. It's growing on them. Uh, That's right. Speaking That's right. of things that don't have follicles, do uh, you want to mention the thing about the white-haired one? Yeah, you know, he is a sneaky SOB, and I don't know, Kat, have you ever noticed that, like, the white one seems like he, if he's standing, you know, he he's one that will keep everything in between us, and I've never had a really, really good look at him, okay? One uh-huh. spear, um, it seems like his, he can almost... Blend in so well that like the hair may absorb the the collar around him. I mean, he is white. Well, not white, white. Yeah, yeah he's white. Yeah, but uh, and every, when I tell like when I tell people like that, I'm like, oh, a white one. It seems like everybody see him. You know, you would think so. And it's just the way. I to me, I think his hair or whatever it does because. I don't know. Is it lucent that it, it you can see other colors through it? I think so. I don't know, man. It is. it is. Their hair is like that. My hairless ones have hair like that. Um, the only place they have hair is very sparse is on their knees, um, on their elbows, and right mm-hmm. above their ears. And these guys, their hair is the exact same way. Um, my daughter and I call it the chameleon effect. Um, these things, for being hairless, you would think they would stand out in the forest around them, you know? Exactly. But, oh, no, no, no. And I actually um, have pictures 
of them where because hair is the light is bouncing off of that hair uh, for the green foliage around them, you can see them outlined the leaves through that hair. Um, it's something that they have unlike anything else out there. Um, I was getting ready, now that you said that about hair, I was going to tell Duke this too the other day. I'm going to run an experiment on one of them. I want to see if it conducts electricity. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get brave. Can I tell you something? The first time I ever touched Scooter, and I hate saying it, I don't know if it was in my own head, but asked Duke, I told him, I said, I felt like electricity went all through my body. When the yeah. first time he was pointing at something, and I just had to. I, I, yeah, I was compelled to touch his hand, and I just touched the side of his hand. And uh, it just felt like, I don't know if it was my own head doing it to me. You know what I mean? Uh, because the excitement of touching him and everything. and But it really felt like my hair stood up on my arms and stuff. I noticed that, you know, that the hair went up on my arms, and I took my hand back slowly, and he looked at me. As if to say, it's all right, man, hey, you know, but don't do it all the time or something like that. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I felt like not bad electricity, mind you, not like getting electrocuted, but like, I don't know. And it wasn't static electricity neither, okay? No. Uh, no. It was something else. It was, and I don't know if that was my own chemical reaction my brain set off inside myself. Uh mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not. And I have told Duke this before. Um, they eat rocks, you know. They do eat rocks. They eat very specific types of rocks. And this one is, is the crystal, is the crystals, you know. And my theory is on that, because I've explained the shock too, um, is the fact that I think they can do generate their own piezoelectric shock. I really do. Because I think that's what also makes that hair stand up so much higher, too. Because you know think something about that. I've never told nobody. And uh, because it's a for sure thing if they have had an interaction with them. They put rocks in their mouth and roll them around. And I thought maybe it's because you, you always heard, you know, if you're out walking and you ain't got much water, put a stone in your mouth or something and suck on it and roll it around. And it'd keep you, it'd, it'd create you know, water in your mouth and keep you a little better hydrated, right? Right, right. And uh, I thought maybe they done that because of that. But then I've never seen him spit the stone out. I mean, he'll roll no. it around and roll it around, and I don't... That's, that's probably something we should have kept ourselves so we detect. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, but that's... I, I thought it was for... And... I don't know if it's a certain rock, okay? I haven't, because we're not always real close, you know what I mean? Right. Because um, I don't want people to think for a minute that I walk up and sit in his lap and la, 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 la. It's not like that. Um, he's, we're getting closer, and we have been really close. And, uh, but the, the closeness don't last very long, you know what I mean? They, he he'll retreat back a little bit, and um, but he he we've been close quite a bit, and it's getting better. And uh, 
But you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that's where my situation is totally unique. Yeah. Because, you know, and I've told the people that will listen, don't ever think that you can go up and have the type of interactions that I had. You You didn't meet a Sasquatch that was orphaned when he was a child. Yeah. My my interactions are totally 100% unique, and I know that, and <clears throat> that's why I feel blessed by it. But at the same time, everything that I know <clears throat> is only from that one experience, or not one experience, but that one individual. Yeah. And it was totally a 100% unique set of experiences that I was able to have. I don't think yeah, anybody would ever brother. have the the type of closeness that I had with Glag, unless you have that same introduction. I think because I was so young and he was so young, that's why we bonded the way we did and why I was able to have the same type of interactions I had with him. Right. You know, I, he treated, yeah. we played together like like they will. You know, the the closeness, the touch, that was from day one. And I know that I know that's totally unique to my situation, isn't it? Yeah, no kidding. I you know, was, I, 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 I didn't have to wait. You know, whenever I'd go back up there, he'd run right up to me and give me a big old hug. And then, Greg, leave me. I gotta breathe. I gotta breathe. You know, and you, uh, what killed me, and I started crying because where I've got to know you and stuff, pretty good, Kev, is your last interaction with me, man. That's so sad, and uh he wouldn't let you hug him, and he's standoffish. Um, we gotta, we gotta see if we can't find him, man. I, just so you can look at him and know that he's fine. I mean, I, you, I know he's fine, but you know that, and you know he's I fine. But we need that peace of mind. You know, we need that visual confirmation. I thought that um, I always wanted him to be able to get back in with his own people, but then as it started happening, and it was going way too quick. I was like, I don't want this. I don't want. I don't want this at all. <laughs> and and people don't understand the bond. But he, he was my best. He, he's still my best friend. The best friend I've ever had. I want to say this. I believe they love deeper than we do. I don't know but, where I get that from, but I think if they like you, they love you, and they love you. I don't know how to explain it. And. I guarantee you, he thinks about you every day. Oh, yeah. The thing, the thing that gets me about that is that night that, that happened, he he put his life on the line for me. Yeah. And that, you know, what human would do that other than your parents? Not me. I'd split. For, for your parents. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I'd split. I'm a jerk. <laughs> okay, jerk. Let's get a let's get a question from you answered. Uh, Kat, you're gonna have to answer this one. Uh, oh, still with us, Kat? Yeah. Okay, there she is. Uh, Taylor had something very interesting happen to him not that long ago, and it seemed like something weird was happening not too far away. He was hearing strange calls that he'd never heard before, and he was gonna go check it out. The scooter actually stopped him doing it. Want to tell her that story? Yeah. Uh, I go over generally early in the morning, you know, 
mm-hmm. the sun was coming up, and that's been our schedule. And uh, I started hearing, uh, I know there's other troops around because there's, I live right on the edge of National Forest, and, uh, and and Sally does. She's butted right up against it. But uh, I heard this other call going on, and I'm like, I'm gonna go see. Him. I didn't even say it. I was getting up and leaving, and I and uh, he started uh, making noises, and then all of a sudden he said, "Mushka, Mushka." I don't know if I'm doing it right. Mushka. Just deep, fast, and loud. And that's all. I I don't even know if I'm saying it right. And I I don't know what that word means. And I, you know, I asked Duke, I said, what the heck does, uh, ask Kat what this means, mushka. I, I'm pretty sure that's what, it sounded Russian to me. And uh, that's the only thing I can attribute it to. Uh, he said a few things. I used to weld with Russian in Ukraine. And I learned how to speak Russian a little bit. Uh, you know, just work stuff, basically. But, uh... Uh, the the dialect and the vernacular of it sound like Russian to me, which I I don't know, you know, but whatever. But uh, it, the word I believe is mushko. Okay, and when M O O, huh? Go ahead, M O O S H K A. Hey, you're I, they burnt down third grade to get me out of school. I you're lucky if I can spell it. Uh, and uh, Duke was trying to get me spelled. I'm like, man, I can't spell my own name. But uh, it's it sounds like M O O. What did you come up with, Duke? Pretty much what Cat just came up with. I think S- that's it, right? S M O O S H S H K A Mushka. Yeah, Mushka. That's, that's, uh, Mushka. Yeah. It's and got that. he tried? Did he try to make you stay, or did he try to put you behind him? He was wanting me to stay. He come at me, and that's and that scared me too because he physically yeah. stood up and was coming, and reaching for yeah. me, and, that, and then he seen the terror in my eyes, and he he kind of backed up, and uh, you know what I mean? I, you know what I mean? He saw that I got scared all of a sudden, which you know, I'm five right. seven, weigh twenty four pounds, and I'm easily frightened, and yeah, uh, that's how two. I feel. Huh? You're five two. Right. Yeah. Okay, I'm but, gonna tell you that Mushka to them is yeah. that is very similar. I've always spelled it uh M A well I spell it with like a chata would spell it. I spell it M A A S H K A. Mushka. And that's how I say it. Um, it's a way of Steyama, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, whatever you want to call it. Um, it means dog. It means bad dog. So I'm oh, wondering what you have. Um, that's definitely. I had asked Duke earlier when he said you were going to tell me that you had some words, you know, um, that you wanted me to. Um, bad dog. Bad dog. I'm wondering what you have. Um, do you have or have you had sightings of dogmen in your area? Yeah, they're through here. I have never, and I don't ever want to. Okay. Oh, um, ah, I got you because when I went there, okay, I, I, I just, it just clicked with me. 
he's trying to tell me that's a bad dog. Don't go over to it. And I got you. I got you. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a little slow, Kat. Sometimes it takes no, stuff a minute to no. roll around in there. And, like, no, you're fine. That's, that's the weird sounds where you were, the weird calls you were hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Mushka. Mushka is definitely, that's a dog. It's a bad dog. It means you've got some some bad things there. Um things that he associates with danger because they're not afraid of dogs. I want everyone to know that they're not afraid of your ordinary dogs. They're not afraid of my mastiffs. They're not afraid of anything big unless it comes to the dog people, you know, dog men. Then there's something else. They're, they will fight with them. They're, they know that they actively prey on humans. So, yeah, that makes mm. trying to keep you away from it. That explains a whole lot, don't it, Duke? Yep. Oh, yeah, okay. that's that was one of my initial guesses. Remember? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. You're dead on there. Dang it, Duke gets vindicated again. <laughs> it's too smart for his own good, ain't it? It's just boring. It's just boring. It happens so often. So. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> well, you know what that means. We have to take his point system away from. Him. He starts out with negative points from now on. <laughs> Zero. You're in the yeah, hole, buddy. Going my way back up to not sucking every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that explains everything, kind of. Because I did go see something, and it was nothing I've ever seen before, and I don't know what it is, and I explained it to Duke. I really don't want to talk about what I've seen on the air, but... That's uh, okay. Too late now. Um, I could just make... It looked like... I don't know. It looked like it was cloaking or something. I don't know how to explain it. I could see its eyes. Its eyes never disappeared. It was like an amber, reddish... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and the eyes were amber red. Is that what you just said? Yeah, yeah, they were amber with reddish hue. I don't know how to explain it. Um, What did I say about things with red eyes? (laughs) What? What did she say? (laughs) Most of the native legends, and including, of course, Kat also mentioning it, uh, if you see anything with with, uh, the glowing red eyes, you're in trouble. They're going to attack. That's danger. Yeah. Yeah, you need to stay away from that. So I won't go back there. Trust me, I got all I I got a gut full that day. I couldn't even talk to Duke about it that day. I was like, I, I got to tell you something. But I don't. I got to sit around and think on that. You know how you got just sit and let something digest in your brain? Yeah. Yeah. It took like three days before he actually told me about it, and he was still really freaked out. Yeah. I mean, I tell Duke everything, and uh, I'm not afraid to tell him nothing. He's the only person in this world who will come up with an ideal and say, well, "This is what's happening. This is the good." Yeah, whatever, Duke. And, uh, you know, but he's right. He's right. Uh, He's a wealth of information. But, and, I mean, there's nothing that I hesitate to tell him about. It's just I wasn't prepared to talk about this. And it was just. uh, I understand. It's, It's, you know, I tell people this all the time. The reason that so many people deny what they see, you know, is. Because your brain isn't your friend. It really isn't. It tries to stuff everything you see into a category, you know, that it, that is acceptable to you. You know, so it'll justify that Bigfoot standing in front of you as a man in a monkey suit. Until mm-hmm. about two days later when your brain starts really going, wait a minute, it was 120 degrees out yesterday. I was out on the golf course. There was nobody around. And what's he doing out there in a monkey suit? Oh, hey, I don't think that was a monkey suit. 
you know, then it kicks in. But at that split instant, your brain says, no, I'm not your friend. So whatever you just saw, it was upsetting to you, and it's definitely upsetting you more and more as you think about it. So, hey, let's stuff it over here into this pile and not worry about it, you know. So it gets to the point with when you're dealing with these type of beings that you start, you really start to doubt your sanity for a while. You know, you're like, did I see that? Did I see that? Did I hear that? You know, what just happened? You know, and that's perfectly normal. You know, people don't want to say that that's normal, but it really is. It's normal. You know, I mean, I still get it because I've shown some things to do. It's like, <laughs> it just makes your eyes sit there and scratch your head. You know, you're like, what the heck? You know, but at the same time, was it there when I, you know, happened to snap that picture? Yeah, it was standing right there in front of me. You know, did I smell it? Yep. Did I see it? Yep. Did I hear it? Oh, yeah. You know, Is there so, a picture of it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> and that's yeah. like, yeah. before yeah. I ever came out and said anything, you know, I did tell my first encounter when I saw what I saw. I did tell that on a different radio show. And it's okay to mention that, by the way. It's like my favorite, my, my other favorite Bigfoot show. That's yeah. kind of I was on Sasquatch Chronicles, and for the super sleuths out there, all you had to do was listen to the first episode of Duke's show that I was on to figure that out. You're not some great detective. Yeah, my name is Jimmy, and my name is Kevin. They're both my names, you idiots. But um, <laughs> first and middle name, Derp. But uh, don't tell them which is which. I, Let them guess. They're detectives. Yeah, yeah, they're detectives. Um, when I finally got to talk to Duke, the stuff that about me and Glegg, I didn't want to tell anybody because it sounds, how do you explain that? And that's when, after, when I finally decided to talk to Duke was after I heard you on his show, Cat. Yeah. And it's like, if some little lady can come on there and tell about this stuff, then I, I got to have the balls enough to get on there and tell. I just didn't realize I was, Comparing myself to Wonder Woman, but oh my <laughs> that's true. That's very true. No, 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 yeah. no, no. She is the queen I... of woo. It's true. Yes, she is. Yeah. I'm the queen exactly. of woo. That there you go. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> and why and I, am I when... that? Because I'm one of those people. Thanks to my my dear father, who says if you got something to say, say it. If they don't like listening, they can walk away. You know, yeah. and that's the truth. You know, I'm going to tell you what happened, and I'm not going to color it pretty just because you can't handle it. <laughs> you know? Well, that's the way I've been. Oh, there's and, my whole life has been telling the truth when, even when it's not, you know, going to be fun. Appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Brutal honesty has been. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I have done some things in my life that I have paid for, uh, but I went to prison because I told the truth and wouldn't lie. Yeah, it's okay to, you know, and it's okay to be like that. I don't care what anybody says, because at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself, you know, and believe me, I've had to stomach some things where I've, you know, said, you know, I won't say that because it's going to hurt somebody's feelings or whatever, but 
my children have a very bad saying for me and a description of me, and they always say, "This is my how my mom is." But there it is. <laughs> <laughs> she has no it's, governor. <laughs> yep, I don't. No, no, no. You know, and I can't. I have to tell you because if I don't tell you, then I hold myself accountable, and I don't like holding myself accountable. So I'm just going to tell you, and you can take it for what it's worth, you know, and that's all we can do. And that's why I think when we do shows with Duke and other people, it's important to stay true to what you're saying, you know, because so many Mm -hmm. people don't want to hear. There's, There's a group out there that really wants to hear it. There's the other group out there that says, oh, I don't believe any of that, and I don't want to hear it. And then you have that other group that says, well, I like kind of what you're saying, but I really don't like the way you're saying it. So let's say it this way, you know, and that's not true. That doesn't hold truth for me. It just doesn't. So I well, have to tell it. I don't want people to take what I've been saying and think that they can go out and have the same type of interactions I had. I know that mine was unique, but... yeah. It's not, you know, I, I've said over and over, please don't go out and try to do what I did. Mine was, you know, the, the possibility that you're going to get hurt if you go out there and try to do what I've done Absolutely. is tremendous. You're not going to sure. have the same type of interactions. Right, don't hug the Wookiee. Exactly. I was just going to say, that's what you <laughs> do. I mean, seriously, if you are crazy enough like I said, to move your bed out to the woods so that you can have this interaction. Holy cow. Don't come running and screaming at me that something came and got in bed with you. <laughs> you know, yeah. Don't do that. You know? Yeah, and it was only two feet tall and had an Irish brogue and a green top hat on, too. <laughs> <laughs> me and Duke say this about you a lot, Kat, and this is what we really do appreciate about you. And I, you're a wealth of information to us. And if you don't know something, you're not like one of these other nuts that we talk to that will try to baffle you with bullshit. I'm sorry, but uh, let me say that. But, you know, they they will just make up something. And you're like, well, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not for sure. I don't know. I've never seen that. I've never. And I like that. And because, you know, I don't know nothing. And I can't express that enough. I don't know nothing. And uh, I'm just taking it as it is. And, I mean, I'm learning every time I get a, get the opportunity to and listen to you and Kev. And then Kev's situation is extremely unique. And um, so is yours. So is mine. <laughs> when you think about it, they're all unique. I mean, who gets to yeah. do this? But uh, uh, I'm, my situation is boring. I'm glad that I got you guys to be unique for me. See, that's why I look like I know something, because I don't know anything either. But I get guests on that know a lot, and so I, I just bask in their reflected glory. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Anytime I got a question, I run to you. You're the first person I call, um, you know. He's a wealth of information. He's a regular font of information. He's no, a wealth of something. Information. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Some of it's really something. Nobody knows everything I'm not that damn smart The only virtue I have on this whole thing Is that I've just been at it so consistently For so many years I've gathered up so much information At some point some of it started sinking in And actually started learning things 
Um, and occasionally I even remember them and can tell people things. So that's what I'm going to go up to me. <laughs> That's like, you know, I called you and I, well, the Enoch stuff, I was asking about, and boom, within three or four hours, he's got me too much to read, sending me <laughs> links to everything, and I mean, helping me, and, I, you know, good guy. Yes, you know, something I, I wanted to say is knowing what I know, and I know my, everything that I know about Sasquatch is totally unique. But there's things that I have heard listening to interviews on the radio. And there's was two people that I wanted to talk to after, you know, the three or four years that I started listening to anything I could find on Bigfoot when I started thinking about it again. And there's only two people that I ever wanted to actually talk to, and I'm talking to them right now. And it's oh, because there's things you. that you hear when you're listening to somebody three of talk here. on an interview. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> other other than Duke, Duke is the one that I wanted to tell my story to after thinking yeah. about it for about a year, and then it took forever to get in touch with him, and then took him about, a, about six months to get me, convince me to come on here. But there's things that you say, Kat, and there's things that Taylor said that instantly I know you had the same, how do I word that? I knew from what I heard on the interview that it was real. What you're right. saying is real. Does that make sense? And there's only yeah. ever been two people that I wanted to talk to about my the interactions that I had and the situations that I was in and what I've seen. And you guys don't know how much this means to me. That This is the two people I wanted to talk to. Me too. It means a lot to me. You get to talk to Kevin and Kat both. I mean, me and Kevin's been talking... About once a week here lately, and it's always, and we hardly ever talk about Sasquatch or anything. We're just all over the place talking about everything, after, after, you know. After and, the first thirty seconds of talking about Sasquatch, it's like, okay, he, he knows exactly what I know. Not maybe not exactly, but I know that he's telling the truth about Sasquatch, and he knew that I was telling the truth, and we didn't have to discuss it any further. We went on or to try to trick each other or trip each other up or do anything stupid like that, you know. Um, there's just certain nice. little things that you hear somebody say it, that you know they've seen it. If, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense, but I hope no. it does, you guys. That's like hey, the last right? thing that Kat brought out. That's exactly it. And I didn't want to tell nobody that. I only wanted to see if other experiencers or whatever you call what's happening to us. Interactors. That, that yeah, that was my ace in the hole, you know. And uh, there's, and I got another one that I'm gonna keep to myself. And but <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, I'm not sure we've all got a few of those that. Right. One one day somebody might say the right thing, and it's like, ah, oh, they know that too. Yep. Yep. Exactly. You know, and I've said that many times. You know, I keep things to myself, you know, on certain things, and i that's how I can instantly tell when someone's pulling my leg, you know? I mean, it's like, just throw out a fishing line and watch them, you know, and usually they'll take it, and then they start to embellish on it, and then it goes off into left field, you know, and I haven't heard that when I listened to your stories, you know? I didn't hear that with either of you guys. I didn't hear that, you know? Yeah. What I heard was, was a thread, a common thread, you know, and I'm just that's, like, 
Exactly. You know, and that's I'm very happy to that uh, Duke arranged this for us because you're not like kidding. I think you know we don't get to we don't get to meet other people that uh, have that sense about them. You know, because either a they stay hidden because they don't want the rest of the world to know. You know. Mm-hmm. Or B, they're not telling the truth. So, mm-hmm. um, but it took me so long. I thought, who in the hell is going to believe me? I thought that yeah. I was the only one that had ever had this type of interaction. And well, it I wasn't until I heard you come on that it's like, holy crap! There's somebody else that's had the same thing that I've had. Yep. Dang, and she's ten thousand times more than I ever had. You guys realize as we sit around the round table here having the second Duke's round table discussion that you three are the three musketeers of the WBRI, the World Bigfoot Radio Interactors. Yeah. You got the lonely club. club. <laughs> and that, that, that's the three funny members. thing. Is I'm, I'm nobody. I, yeah, I'm not some great person that's done tremendous things for the world. No, but, not me either. Yeah, me neither. Well, I have. I am. I don't know about Spot you two, though. but I am. <laughs> <laughs> At least one of us doesn't suck. Well, I'm, I'm, we're sitting around this round table, then I want to be King Arthur, okay? Do That's right. Queen, Queen I, Arthur. Yeah, Queen, I want to... Yeah, exactly. I want the big sword to smack people with. Right <laughs> She's so violent. Well, there's no, actually, technically, there's no there's no king in this kingdom. He's an absentee king, and I'm just ruling part of it in his stead as the duke and keeping control of his lands for him and, and keeping uh, chaos from breaking out in the meantime. You're, you're the, that's the duke's uh, job. What's his name of Gondor, the, the steward of Gondor? The steward of Gondor, yeah, not quite so nutty, though, but yeah. Not trying to burn any live kids on bonfires or anything, but yeah, same same sort of job description sort of thing. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that for the rest of us. Very <laughs> good. Yeah. Thank you know where we stand. <laughs> you know, there's another yeah. thing, it just the people that think that we're talking crap. You know, I have a business that is uh, 100% word-of-mouth based, and now you have, you know, customers that will come from out of state for me to work on right. that. And if I was a liar, if I didn't have a reputation built on being honest and truthful and being good at my job, I wouldn't have people come from two states away for me to work on their stuff. Right yep. For what that's worth, I, I know I'm just saying it. You don't actually know who I am unless you know me, but it's free information. It's a free world. There's so much out on the Internet. You can find me on the Internet and find out that that's true. I, yeah. I have customers that come from a, the state just south of me. There's a customer that comes from two states away from me to work on his race car, and that means a lot to me. And that I wouldn't have the reputation I have in the field that I work in if I was a lion piece of crap. Well, Taylor's another example of that. He has to go run around and purchase things for rich individuals that are actually relying on him to verify that they're factual items before they spend the money on them. So his veracity is 100% uh, uh, on the line all the time every time he goes and does that job. 
I think that adds to the fact that it shows that we're very diversified here. You know, we're a diverse group here. And if we can have interactions, that tells you that maybe somewhere out there, there are other people that are having them. And maybe, you know, they can step forward or give a little bit of courage there under their belt and say, you know what, I have had it too. And if they do that, then it's not just us three verifying each other. Then we actually can build like a knowledge base here. You that, know? That's yeah. what I'm hoping. That's because of what I know, what little bit there is that I know. Maybe somebody can use it eventually. And yeah. you put all of it together, and that builds a broader picture of what these beings are and how I don't think they want the interaction with humans like most humans are going to want with them. They they want right. to be left alone. But you know, to differentiate between the ones that it would be possible to have a relationship with and the ones that are going to eat you if they see you, and, you know, knowing which ones are around, if that makes any sense. Knowing yes. which ones are all right to be near Perfect. it, but you need to totally 100% avoid. But maybe someday somebody can use what I have seen and what I know to to help in whatever way. I'm sorry. Um, What I was going to say is all our interactions are totally different. Kevin, you helped raise one. Kat, you've been raised by him, and I'm just lucky enough to let one get close enough, you know. I mean, Kat's, her interaction with him is out of this world. All of them are. I mean, it's crazy. But, uh, I mean, each, each one of us has a different look at it. You know what I mean? You guys yeah, follow what I'm saying? I'm, I'm not good at uh, communicating my ideals all of our All of our experiences are totally different, but there's the common thread that runs through yeah. there that, that I know you're telling the truth, and I know the cat's telling the truth. Right. Yep. I'd be willing to bet there's a lot of people out there that have had ongoing interactions that are just on a lower-key scale, so to them it doesn't seem like it would be worth trying to tell the story and anybody would really believe them anyway. You know, like there's been one around the property for 20 or 30 years. I've seen it standing out there looking at me a few times. It likes to eat the apples off the trees in the backyard during the fall. Blah, 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 blah. You know, well, that's interaction. It's not direct interaction or anything, but it is interaction. There's a lot of people that are experiencing things like that. Yep. And, and you you remember Bear's first interaction he had with him, the one they was out catching fireflies, and the one was wanting to come up and play with him. Yeah. I mean, that, that if, if Papa wouldn't come out there yelling at it to go away or whatever, who knows, you know, he could have had a cat interaction with him. You, you know what I mean? Yep. Because it, to me it sounds like that one was coming up, and it, it just... Him and his brother and sister. Right, right. Um. That to me now, you know, I don't know, but uh, to, you can tell on their face what their intentions are, and that's all I'm. I mean, you guys know it. Yeah. You can, and if it's coming up like that, the way he explained it, and what I'm taking away from it, you know, he could if if Grandpa wouldn't come out there yelling and waving his hands, and you know, which I understand Grandpa's point of it too. Um, Oh, yeah, I totally understand what Grandpa was scared about. But you're right. If he hadn't interfered, the thing might have just come running up and played with him for a while. Right. 
and you, you, one, who knows? But sorry to interrupt anybody, but that was just preying no. on my mind. No, you're I, I wondered that when I heard that story also. What would have happened if his grandpa wouldn't have stepped in? That juvenile Sasquatch, I think, just wanted to have fun. They were out there catching fireflies. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, that's just another example of just how much, in certain ways, how much like us they they really are. They have the same Absolutely. sort of sense of play and curiosity and that sort of thing that we have. Well, it's yeah. like on a playground you can have a black child, a white child, and a Hispanic child all out there playing together, they don't notice color. They're just out no. there right. having fun. Right. And it's not until their parents get in that they start interjecting their prejudices and as the children get older. But when they're kids, they're kids. doesn't matter what color you are. They're kids. You're 100% like your, right. your very first interaction, Kat, I believe. Yep. You're yep. just another little kid. You know, I think Dirty was- kid. A hippie yeah, kid, dirty <laughs> local hippie kid from the commune, apparently. <laughs> and and I know those exact that that exact style. They're, I yeah. I can see that. You know, and that's what he looked like. You know, and there again, as I got older, I grew up with him. You know, I grew up with him. And what you're talking about, children playing. He and I used to sit there and do the same same exact thing. He showed me something that I didn't know. I could sit there in my creek, okay, and we had crawdads in the creek, you know, that would live under mm-hmm. the bank, and I would sit there and try to, to grab them, and every time I'd try to grab them, they'd scoot away, you know. He was like, you're being dumb. You're being dumb, dumb. All you got to do is stick your finger in the water and wiggle it around. He wiggled around. He got nailed. He snatched that crawdad up so fast, and away he went with it. I was like, that sucks. I need to learn yeah. to do that, you know. So once Nails he on took- wheels. Yeah, once he showed me how to do it, it turned into me teaching my children, you know, how to tickle tickle fish, tickle catfish, you know, and make them do it. We go yeah. one, you know, show them things that they showed me, you know, and it's all about just letting our guard down as children. You know, we didn't realize that they were different. You know, you don't realize that. Sure, they're big kids. They're bigger, you know, and they start to outgrow us real quick. But they still do the same thing. They laugh over jokes. I mean, and they do pull jokes on it. They think it's funny, you know, pranks to do stuff. Um, They get mad, you know, upset with each other, um, annoyed, you know, all sorts of things. And they're very similar to us, you know. And that's what I always tell people. I am my brother's keeper. You know, I have people contact me all the time and say, well, will you take me up and show me where they're at? No, mm-hmm. I don't know you, and why would I do that? You know, yeah, I don't okay. know. What are you going to do? Why would I destroy the trust that they have with me? Yeah. Right, and it will. It will affect that trust. I'm going to tell you what, right now. You take anybody there without letting them know that you may bring somebody or something like that or anything like that, and yeah. it just shake the foundation of everything you guys have built together because I screwed up and done that once because I can call his name, and he will start coming up toward me and I done something stupid. I took somebody over just to jam them in the back of the head. You know, I got tired of hearing some of the stuff and probably shouldn't be telling this story over the air, but anyway, just so many, you know, now I'm not saying nobody's name. Um, I called Duke and told him about it. I felt bad about it because 
the person acts like that they know everything there is to know about Sasquatch and stuff like that and started uh, bagging on us, saying that's BS. So I said, hey, you come on up here, man. I'll pay your guests way up here, and I'll take care of you, put you up, all this stuff. Well, I had to give uh, well, you clothes and everything else. You did that. I totally do. The, that's why... I I'll never do that wish again. I wouldn't have done it like I did it, but the people that, yeah, I didn't tell anybody about Glag, but the people that, when you start talking about Bigfoot, think you're crazy. That's why we, I, you know, hop on my motorcycle and take people up to the road that we call the Gauntlet. Oh yeah, where they bust rocks at you. Yeah, and then they would. Lots of boulders flung at you while you're trying to go at top speed and not get killed. Exactly. <laughs> That's, crazy, that's why. I, that's why I did that all the time. So I understand why you did it. You get sick yeah. of the people out there saying you're lying. You get sick of the people out there that think they, you know. I, I can understand. I just, I just understand why you did it. But listen, I'm well, a million yeah. dollars if I could take it back. And yeah. it took a long trying. time to get to get Scooter where he would trust me again. And I mean. I it just took a while to build that back up. I mean, we ain't had a relationship that long anyway, but that set it off, that detoured it for a while, you know, and it's probably kept it to where just, I screwed up, man. Don't do that. If you do have a buddy, a Sasquatch buddy, do not do that. Uh, learn it from also, my mistakes. It also speaks to their, you know, to when you do have a, situation like yours is how much it means that's why i've told you when we've talked before that how special your your interaction with scooter is because you were able to come back from that and he's you know you still have that the interaction that you do have is because it you were able yeah. to have that he's good enough friends that he forgave you even though you screwed yeah. up yeah Which again tells you something that they're not like they're not even like animals, they're more like people are, which puts them two steps away from this. They're not toys. They're not our toys for us to play no. with and do whatever we want to with them. They're not humans, but they're people like we are, and they deserve at least that much respect, and just don't screw around with them. That's right. right. You're right. And dishonesty, they don't even know. And they, that that's not in their realm of thinking, because they're not that way. And that hurt him. And it hurt me, and I'll never do that again, and I feel bad about it. And, I mean, to where it almost brings me to tears because I love that guy, and I well, don't know yeah. how there's, there's no concept of a lie in their psyche. It's no. Lies, or it's not even anything. They, well, and Scooter really loves Taylor, too, because, you know, like, look at when Taylor was in the hospital getting his heart fixed. Yes, Scooter was coming up on the property freaking out all the time. Crying, Sally said. He was up there saying my name, crying. And I just, yeah, he loves me. That, that, what you have, that's very special. What you and Cat have is very special. We're going to reunite you or something. I just want you to see him, and I'm going to, we're going to do that. Duke's got it. Like we'll, we'll we'll get it done, man. I promise. Yeah, I don't generally promise things. Yeah, uh, we're trying to get uh, 
Team Glad Quest 2018 put together here and figure out somebody to help us fund this whole thing and try and take uh, Kevin out into the, the wilds of Idaho and find Glad again. Okay. My only concern is the people out there that, you know, don't want anything known about Bigfoot. And just, I know that there's bad people out there that I just don't want a chance of. Right. Right. And that's why I don't say. I don't know how to say it, but that's my concern. Wait, what? There's bad people? That when did this happen? Caused something bad to happen to Glenn. Where? That that would kill me. No. That's why I don't say Scooter's real name over the air because I, I know he would be able to differentiate between my voice and your voice and somebody saying it. But still, I don't. To me, that would be just doing that trust in again. You know what I mean? And if yeah. someone was out in the woods and. God forbid, I hope nobody ever goes out there yelling and glag yeah. or scooter, you know. Or, well, nobody's going to. how nebulous we've been about, hell, I don't even know where the hell he is. You know, how is anybody else going to figure out where the hell he is? So, no, remember, I'm lying. Yeah, you can go no, wander around, you know, 50-mile square block of mountains yelling glag. I don't think you're ever going to find anything. Yeah. Well, probably not. And uh, and if he does hear it and he does come, you won't see him. You know no. what I mean? Uh, if somebody did go up there, I guarantee you they wouldn't. He, they'd never get their eyes on him unless it was his right. decision. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's what I meant by that. Yeah. There you uh, uh, the come take a look. On the internet, if you listen to all the nasty comments, I'm lying. So don't even go up there because I'm telling. I'm fibbing. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It's all. I I have an imagination better than all of Hollywood has ever had to tell this story. I need to start writing movies, don't I? Yeah, yeah. they could have really used your help on that stinky new Star Wars movie where they ruined the <laughs> franchise once and for all. Not that I'm giving my opinion or anything. <laughs> no, he was Mark Hamill, who's a huge sci-fi aficionado and does the voice of the Joker on all the Batman shows and stuff, says it totally rots and they ruined his character and they destroyed the franchise. So just think it yep. to me up. Don't even listen to me. Luke I know. I'm in the same boat. <laughs> totally agree. Anything to add to the Star Wars discussion here? Cap? No, no, no. We'll, we'll turn them all off. <laughs> but, I don't uh, know about Star Wars. I like Jawas. That's what I like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was back Can in the good old days when they had the running around there. Oh, God, no what? I have never <laughs> seen Star Wars or any of them. Good. I just, not even the first one. I don't know how I've missed it, and I tell people that, and they're like, what? Yeah. You've never you know seen they, have a space, they got a space Bigfoot in that movie. You should watch it. Yeah, I've seen Chewbacca. I mean, I'm familiar with characters and stuff go. like that and all. I mean, how can she not be in this world today? But uh, <laughs> I just never seen it, and maybe I'll watch it with you guys. you got to figure out what's wrong with Taylor. He hasn't ever watched Star Wars. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. wrong with Taylor. <laughs> Just stick yeah. with episodes four, five, and six, and you'll be fine. You can ignore all the rest of them. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'll tell you what, Kev. I I was so worried when I first told my encounter, my LBL experience on Sasquatch Chronicles. 
I, I was really messed up, and I mean, I reported it quick too, didn't I, Duke? Like in a week or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it. it was real shortly after it happened. You were, you. I remember Wes telling me that you broke down and took in tears a couple times, even trying to tell it you were so freaked out. I couldn't. I mean, and I, you know what? It took a year before I could listen to that whole episode, and that's the truth. I'd start to listen to it, and I'd get sick and start. Now I'm telling you, it took a while for I could go out at night too. And Duke, that's when me and him started uh, interacting with each other, I guess you could say. Uh, uh, and he helped me a lot. And I mean, Duke helped me a lot. And, and Eddie Moreland did, you know, another good friend of mine. Um, right on, shout out to Eddie. Hey, Eddie. Hey, Eddie. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, this community is terrible. And we all know that. And the first ones to yell foul, fake, is the community. And, uh-huh. Kev, I believe everything you say, and I trust you with my life, and I've told you, men, you've talked a lot, and I said, I love you, and I mean it. You're a great guy. Uh, I do, buddy. Them, and, and I know you do. Um, and I used to get fighting mad when somebody would say I was lying. And I'm like, hey, bud, well, you know it or not, I got the means and the way to be at your front door. So keep running your mouth and give me your address. I don't care if you're in California. I'll fly there. We'll be there in a day or two. And that's how I used to be about it. Now, I don't care. Nuts to them. No matter what you're doing, Kevin, there's always going to be somebody calling you a liar or a phony, no yep. matter what. Even like in the race car, what you do with them cars, man. And... uh they're going to say, no, he's not the best. He sucks. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. In every facet of our life, we're going to have them people standing on the sidelines tearing us down. But, you know, it's people like Duke and Eddie and, and you two, Kat and Kevin, that build us back up, that give us the, the, the little nudge that we need to, like, you know what, screw all that other stuff. And that's that's where I'm at with it. I don't care about trolls. I don't care about nobody. They used to bother comments. me more than they do now. Now it's like... If you want to believe it, great. If you want to think I'm lying, fine. You know, my life now is too short to you worry about option. with. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Just like my, Cat's dad yeah, said, you have an option. You can walk away. We're not tying these yep. people to their chairs oh. and forcing them to listen, at least not yet. If the ratings take a dip, we will, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, <laughs> don't see that happening anytime soon with guys like you coming on the show. Uh, but you know, don't and Kat, you you probably know better than any of us the the ridicule and the, I mean, fifty years for God's sakes, the stuff you must know. And I'm two years into this, and. I was lucky that a woman took me under her wing and took me to her property because I was wearing a Bigfoot shirt. It says uh, hide and seek champion in the world, you know, one of them shirts. And at the restaurant, and she's like, you believe in that, Hoss? And I gave her that stupid line, oh, I don't believe I'm a knower, dude. You know, and oh, she's like, man, me and her had a good relationship. She'd been a customer for a long time, and I always liked her, and she was just an old codger of an old woman. You know what I mean? One of them... She'll, yeah, she's done everything. She she can do anything, and she just, she's like one of my old raunchy aunts is the best way I know how to put it. And she, she took me under my wing and under her wing and allowed me this opportunity 
and uh, it's just it's been a blessing. Whether I have good days or bad days with it, it has been a blessing. It's opened my eyes to everything. Um, it changes your thing. life, doesn't it? Huh? Yep. It changes your life, doesn't it? Oh, in more ways than one. It sure does. But, yeah, it yeah. changes, changes your perception of what is reality. There's no question about that. Yeah. Uh, there, there's something for Kat. I've just been curious. Well, you know, I didn't think I would ever forget what Glag called me, but as I said on the air, I never planned on having a stroke either. But I can't for the life of me remember what Glag used to call me. Oh. I'm sorry. That, that's a bad one. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm and I, I had no clue, or I never thought that I would ever forget it. But hopefully, one of these days it'll come back to me. Talking they, with they Duke kind of work for uh, Buddy or something like that, Cap. Um, for Buddy, it well mostly it would be um, Ticholo is is friend. You know, I'm I'm your friend. Um, yeah. Mine, they call me Tichi, which is little cat. Um, because I was always up and down the trees. I was person tap dancing in the tree, you know, all the time. So that's what they named me. And they thought it was funny because my name, when I explained my name to them as a kid, they were like, oh, <laughs> you know, they thought that was funny. So, but. I bet they did because, you know, they I, they wouldn't name none of their children like cow or cat no. or dog. You know what I mean? They, and they're like. What's going on here? I can see that, and I guarantee you they cracked up over that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, even the humans figured out you climb trees too much. They named you Cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, like I was up in the top of the tree too much, you know. Like I said, they, they raised me simply because they were fascinated with the fact that I was a little female in a household full of men. They are like, what the heck yeah. is going on here, you know. So that was definitely their perspective on it. That was their take. They had to make sure that I was okay. And I'm telling yeah. you, they are super protective. I don't. I've, you've said it, but I can't stress that enough. The reason people probably have bad experiences with them is because they've got too close to the women and the young, and they're around or something. You know what I mean? Because they. That's. It's amazing. And mm-hmm. you know the way they take it's care of one another. The overprotective side of them, I think that night, Glad did what he did, proves that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. They're very, very protective. You know. You better never put eyes on their women and children because uh, you're looking at them. Everything's starting to ease toward you. They're gonna start easing up on you. But I mean it. Uh, yeah. Keep your eyes down. But. But it's different for you, though, Kat. Yes and no. You know, when Jess and I go at it, you know, we've gone at it. You know, think of it as best friends arguing, you know. We Mm -hmm. have gone at it. And usually I'll stare him down. But then once the stare starts, it ends up with that, um, that little bit where you reach the point where you're like, okay, I'm done doing this. 
Oh, and I'm going to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had that feeling once or twice. Um, yeah. No, I yeah. get you. It's in your best interest, you know. And with the others that I've that I've gone and interacted with in other places, um, I don't stare them down. Not them. Um, I'll meet the eyes, you know, to emphasize a point, um, to figure out what's going on, you know, to show that I'm open to them. But if they're hostile or aggressive, down go the eyes, and I'm backing away. I'm out of there. Right. You know? And, um, and even want- human culture, it's uh, in certain cultures, it's impolite to look them directly in the eyes, you know? Yeah. Uh, yes. It's, so, you know. Confrontational is a challenge. Yeah, yeah, even with some human cultures, uh, yep. you're not supposed to hold a stare with them, a glance, and eyes down. And uh, but yeah, yeah. amazing. Well, I like well, awesome, I think, you guys. Uh, go ahead, Kat. I was just gonna say, I think we've learned a lot today. I think so too. I, I have how to say bad dog. I'll be taking notes and writing that down into my. Bigfoot the English dictionary that I'm compiling here <laughs> from interacting with cats. <laughs> I don't care about anybody else, but I've learned a lot. Good. I learn something every time I get a chance to talk to cat. <laughs> Yay, so I so then you're telling me that I can hit my bosses up for a race? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me tonight. I'm going to go look in the mirror and ask my boss for a raise. There you, there go. you go. Yeah, I can pretty much guarantee what he's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> go back to work. Yeah. Get back, Get back at slacker. it, slacker. Exactly. Slacker, you're not doing enough. You're only working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. You know, my boss doesn't want me to take any time off even when I'm sleeping. He wants me to get up and work on work shows. You know, once I went to work for myself, you know, health reasons made you know made me have to. But my boss, now that I work for myself, is the worst boss I've ever had. The meanest, the strictest. Absolutely. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> my God, makes I me go out here and work the of off or anything. No, I worked all Christmas Day. I worked Thanksgiving Day. I'm going to work New Year's Day. Yeah. Hey, they'll never rest, man. It was hilarious. At Christmas Eve, I got a hold of three different people that I lined up uh, future interviews for on the show. (laughs) And they were just like me. They were working on stuff instead of like being with families or something. They were busy working endlessly, too. So that's why they were around and I could get a hold of them. (laughs) Christmas morning, my daughter had to come out into the shop and tell me Santa Claus showed up. Yeah. Awesome. Did you have the game cam up and get pictures of them yet? I know I'm sick and tired. Somebody needs to get some good game cam pictures of Santa. I've got a bunch of good game cam pictures of my kids. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this has been one of the best I've ever, I mean, it's like interactive Duke show for me because I listened to every. I've listened to every cat and Kevin episode a billion. I mean, not you know a lot. I listened to your guys' episodes over and over, and I mean, 
Ask Duke, he'll call me once in a while, and I'll say, you hear that crappy voice in the background? That's yours, buddy, because I play it all the time. And I, and uh, this is like, I don't know, this is my Christmas. Right I, I can't um, listen to that Kevin guy, so I haven't listened to any of the Kevin episodes on World Bowl. I don't blame you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> He's got that I'm on that first one. Talk. How do you guys yeah, can't listen true. to my voice? Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have got the hick voice down like you wouldn't believe. Fluent in Hickanese. Oh, yep, I am. And I'm partially fluent in hillbilly. I'm, I'm a hickbilly. Hillbilly. <laughs> One of the most difficult accent dialects that there is to speak, hickbilly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fluent in Appalachian. That's a, that's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> but, no, this has been awesome. Thanks, Duke, for arranging this. I appreciate it, man. And Cap, I love hearing... Anytime, I, I just I've been looking for more and more on you, and I just love hearing your your interactions and all that stuff. It's been a privilege to be able to ask you what I've asked you, and then to hear you see say things, and I'm like, oh, that's why they do that, you know? It's this has been thrilling for me. And I know it has for Kev too, because me and him, like, oh man, we get to talk to Cat, you know? Yeah. And, uh, we, me, me and Taylor have talked about this episode for, what, three months now? <laughs> no, I'm very honored to meet both of you and to speak with both of you. You guys made my day. You really did. Let's give Cat another, yet another plug here as long as we're on the Let's Give Cat Plugs and Pats on the Back Festival. Cat has a really <laughs> cool channel on YouTube called Understanding Conscious Cryptids. And if you want to know about cryptids other than Bigfoot, why aren't you subscribed to it already? Oh, my God, get over there and subscribe. <laughs> that's, that's all I got to say. I have Can I say that again? You've told me that mind, before, but I always forget because there's like 100 words, and you know how my attention span is. I'm writing it understanding, down. Understanding, <laughs> understanding conscious cryptids. Just because you know, that happens. They do speak Taylor. Yep, it's right there under Cat Hansen. That's all you got to do is look up the YouTube channel Cat Hansen, and it'll take yep. you right okay. to understanding conscious cryptid. Yep. Right. And that's going to be the right. topic for this week. I'm talking. I'm actually going to sit here and put up some pictures for those wonderful people who have absolute, you know, negative stuff to say about my pictures. We're going to talk about Bigfoot skin. <laughs> oh, awesome. Looking forward to this one. I'll be posting this one on my channel. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, thanks to my panel of awesome, awesome guests for coming on here and making this a one-of-a-kind show until somebody else out there gets a bunch of interactors together and does a roundtable with them. Da-da-da. You heard it here first, folks, on World Bigfoot Radio. And thanks Yay. for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being on the show, Kat. Thanks for being on Taylor. Thanks for being on Kevin, Jimmy. Uh, both of you, and then <laughs> uh, all you folks out there, remember that you know, no matter what time of the year, there's always trying to be nice to each other, be kind to each other, safety first, last, and always try and pay it forward. And you, it, no matter what you do, please be very, very careful and do not hug the Wookie. A Wookie. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time. And that's it. We came in at almost two and a half hours. Once I clip a little, little bit, two twenty. What? You're kidding me.
No. <laughs> Holy crap. I've got to get to yeah, my restaurant, man. That place is right out of control. It's after 7 my time now. Yep. Yeah, it's, wow. it's 8.30. Yeah, I'm at 8.30 I'm going to go to work, damn it. Yeah, I've got to go back to work. <laughs> and i got to go run over to the store and get some food and then come back and go back to work. I'm eating. <laughs> I'm so thanks, Kat. <laughs> I, I love these roundtable things because this is, like, awesome. I got a chance to walk away, go to the bathroom, went outside, had a couple hits off a cigarette. Did actually you? Actually got part of the cooking set up and stuff. Come back. Yep, they're still talking. Okay, run over to the other room. <laughs> Made a sandwich you know, that, and everything. The, land, the landline dogs. out in my garage, out in my shop, because I've been smoking <laughs> cigarettes, chain smoking the whole time we've been doing this. Me too. I'm nervous. <laughs> yep. I'm down in the yeah. basement trying to make sure that it's quiet so I don't have tons of background noise, not smoking anything. Like, I wish I was outside having one right now. <laughs> my dogs, anytime I get on the phone to do something like this, my dogs are generally pretty calm. But Oscar Elvis Waffles started the minute Duke called me today. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. And they've been pretty um, – there might have been a few little hiccups, yeah. but they've been pretty, pretty good. good. Usually he makes a racket in the background, and I think it's because you play the damn shows all the time. He's used to hear my voice, and then when he hears it on the phone, he gets excited. Yeah, I think, but I'm telling you, they would know your voice. And Kevin, and Cat, they'd know you. Because I do. I'm not kidding. You can ask Duke. You can call my house and uh, – Either I got something, I'm playing one of your guys' episodes, and I listen to them a lot. I enjoy them. And it, uh, the knowledge that you guys have, and it's just, I just, That's you know, not still, going in my shop. Anybody comes into my shop, it's a Bigfoot show playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got another friend that contacted me that's got a cleaning company. He's got two crews out there, and they're both crews are fanatics for my show and Sasquatch Chronicles. So oh, yeah, them's only places. two. That's all they're listening to all the time. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, I just want you to know, say, Genghis Khan was good today, Duke. He was very good. You didn't hear him barking. You didn't hear him growling, so he's getting used to this. Right on. Uh, yeah. I, I appreciate it, guys. I really do. And um, No help to me getting to talk with you two guys, you two at the same time, Duke and yeah. Taylor and getting to talk with Kat. That's awesome. Well, the listeners are going to love it. You know, this is just like throwing a steak to a hungry shark from my standpoint. There's like no way this could fail to be interesting. But you guys, like, by far exceeded expectations coming up with really good conversation, really good questions. Cat answered everything. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was awesome. Yes. And I'll tell you what, Cat, that rock thing, when you said that in a lick-lipping thing, there's been things I hold back. Okay, and I don't want to put on the air because I've had people contact me and say some of the craziest stuff, and then you get to having a conversation with them, and it's like, ah, he's full of shit, you know, and it's like. It's the little, it's the little things like that that I keep to myself that I hear somebody like Taylor say, and it's like, okay, we don't have to discuss Bigfoot because he just said something that I have never said, but it's one of them little bullets that I'm holding back. Just Yeah. To yeah. figure out whether somebody's talking shit to you about them, or if somebody's actually seen something that they do. Yeah, that's why when I told Duke that Taylor and I talked for the first time, we didn't have to talk about Bigfoot for more than five minutes, 
And we was on the phone for four hours. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, you know, we, we talk about everything but it. and But sometimes we'll go back into this or that. But generally, not really. I mean, we're talking about what in, what we're both interested in. we got a lot of stuff in common. And it's just nice. I mean, it, it, sometimes it's a lonely world, and it gets even lonelier when you got something like this. And Duke, I mean it, man. He's helped me a lot. When he first met me, I was... I turned into a raging alcoholic on account of it. I've, I've, I've I, I had can understand heart attacks. Huh? I know. I can, I can understand exactly why you reverted. Why you turned to that? I thought. I, I thought I was nuts for the longest time, and then no, I didn't want to tell anybody bad. because the only reason no, I'm not an guys, alcoholic is because well, my you guys have things in common. Dead. I've got a lot of things in common with both you guys. And yeah, right. Especially me and Kat have a lot in common, which is one of the reasons I love talking to her, because we tend to see so much eye to eye on a lot of stuff, and it's so fun to bounce ideas back and off off the of cat, because she usually comes up with something really good. And, That's you know, why I wanted to talk with Kat after hearing her on your show, because it's like, holy crap! She said <laughs> she says that that. Oh God, is she still on? Oh my God! Sorry, Kat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll tell you that. what. There, 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 I would, I would love to be able to talk to you more, Cat. One of these days, there's when, you, when I get put on the spot, part of that's because of having the stroke. I just can't think. And now that the show's over, it's like, oh crap! I didn't ask this or this or this. I know. Well, chances are you get bugged by the audience to do a part two anyway, so don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah, we can do, um, do a part two, and I was going to tell Duke too. You guys can get my number from Duke. You need to call me. You can call me. No problem. Okay. I'm All always. Right, yeah. And if I don't answer the phone, I'll call you right back. I usually I'm pretty good about calling back. Am I not, Duke? Oh yeah, you're way better than some people I can think of. Yeah, Are you I'm talking trying. about me, Duke? Huh? What? No. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I. I'm, I know. I know. When you send Taylor a message, he will get right back to you within a week. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's a good turnaround. That works for me. Provided he just like, you know, drop his his telephone down a storm drain or something, he'll get back to you. Yeah, hey, I've went through more phones in the last two years than um, <laughs> dropped mine in the toilet last week. Yeah. Uh, I think I was I had to find out that you had no fu- that you tried to flush your phone down the toilet. That's why you weren't answering. <laughs> I'll tell you. I think I was texting Kevin when I dropped in the toilet. I need to check that. And if I did, you're getting a bill, Bubby. <laughs> I, I got a message that I had. All I did was cool. I responded. With, I have no idea what he just said. Well, I went to plunk. I was going to say it says gurgle, gurgle. That's what it said. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, I love you all, but we got to get going here because the, it's yeah, yeah. recording until we all hang up. Yep. So, okay. all right, yeah. hang up. Happy New Year, everybody. Right. Right. Have a right. Thanks for talking. <laughs> well, Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Happy, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye.